This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Friday. It is March 18th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. High schools in the Philadelphia School District will start at 9 a.m. this fall as the next wave of changes that officials hope will improve transportation and education. We were just talking about that. Yeah, spokesperson Monica Lewis said the district's plan to phase uh, to a three-tier bell schedule started last fall impacting kindergarten through eighth grade. The American Academy of Pediatrics stated that a later start time for high school students would help them arrive to school more alert and prepared prepared to learn, Lewis said. In a letter to families, the district said the plan also promotes safer travel in the morning since most high school students are responsible for their own commute to school. Philadelphia isn't the first local district to push the start time back for high school students. Upper Darby High School pushed back its start time to 945 last fall. That's pretty late. Yeah, it is. The district will hold four virtual forums. That's rock start time. Yeah, uh, they'll hold uh, virtual forums to discuss the changes and hopefully make the transition easier for families. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia Federation of Teachers issued a stern response to the schedule change and said that they have shared their opposition to the change with the district. Two suspects have been arrested in connection with a violent carjacking and kidnapping Tuesday afternoon at the Philadelphia Mills Mall. Victim Marissa Briggs spoke to 6ABC about the incident and said both suspects had guns and both were being held to her head. Uh, she snuck up. She said they snuck up behind her when she was opening her driver's side door. She says that they then forced her into the passenger seat while the male suspect drove the car and the female suspect sat behind her with a gun. They took out my debit and credit cards and saw that I was with PNC, Briggs said, so they drove me to Wawa's. The suspect drove Briggs to different Wawa stores where they took money out of her account while all while she was being held at gunpoint. The female suspect mentioned when he was inside that he was going to hurt me, either pistol whip me or slash my face, said Briggs. It's, it's something that is important is just keeping environmental and spatial mm-hmm. awareness when you're doing that. Like this, like if the second I get in my car, I lock the door. You know, I, I always yeah. look around before I get in the car, all those little things. And sometimes in the hustle and bustle, you forget to do that. I know. I'm always looking, like, and especially even if I see somebody, like, I'm always looking out of the Keep corner it, of my eye. Make sure yeah. they see you see them, too. Yeah. At one of the Wawa stores, she thought about running but couldn't. She was holding a gun to my to the back of my head. He went inside to the ATM, and I said, can I leave now? She said, no, he's going to kill me. If he finds <sighs> out, I let you go, said Briggs. But somehow she remained calm. Eventually, she was let go in the 2100 block of Griffin Street where she got help. Uh, it turns out that police said the duo attempted to do a similar crime on Thursday morning at the mall. This time, though... They were caught. The Philadelphia Police Carjacking Task Force tracked them down in the Mitsubishi Outlander that they allegedly stole and arrested both the man and the woman. Despite the horrific ordeal, Briggs doesn't harbor any hate at the suspects. She says she also got her car back. Uh, police say they believe the suspects are responsible for doing this more than twice. The case is still under investigation. Once again, Netflix is cracking down in password sharing at a time when, whether coincidentally or not, new subscriber signups have slowed a bit for the world's biggest streaming service. In an announcement, Netflix explained in a company press release that it's going to start prompting password sharers who don't live in the physical household of the main account holder to start paying up. The practice, among others, impacts our ability to invest in great new TV and films for our members, uh, the news release said. So for the last year, we've been working on ways to enable members who share outside their household to do so easily and securely while also paying a bit more. Importantly, this new initiative will show up first outside of the United States in three countries. The company says over the next few weeks, 
The effort will materialize in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. Uh, technically, you can share your Netflix password with someone who doesn't live with you, but it's against the rules. Uh, it's listed in the Netflix terms of service. Your account may not be shared with individuals beyond your household. Didn't Netflix just uh, issue a price increase? They sure did. Oh, yeah, they yeah. did, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was actually, like, all of them are kind of, like, decent price increases. Like, where before it was, like, yeah, two bucks. There's a buck here there, yeah. yeah this like, was uh, from $14 to fifteen fifty a month, so that's pretty significant. Yeah. And then Amazon did a thing. They, they also just subtly pushing it in there. If you have a- Amazon Prime, you would normally get access to the Amazon Music. Now that's going to be an additional charge in and yeah. above Amazon Prime. Yeah. I mean, uh, Netflix, I just looked it up, Kath. Netflix was $11 in 2019. Yeah. And now it's... Uh, in 2022, it's well. You know, the more. price of uh, oil has gone up. So. <laughs> right, yes. right. There you go. So you know what? No, the dam is going to break at some point. You yeah. know, what I mean? because there, there's all this original content on each one of these, and you want to get it. And I think there's going to kind of come a time where people are going to go. You know what? No. And I'm not going to do that. I I, I think you're 100 you know percent right. I mean? And I think a lot of people are going to be do the Nick model, which is to what do I want to watch. I'm going to subscribe for this month and then discontinue. And then next, discontinue. Right yeah. Or are they going to go back to cable? You're just your Comcast cable because rabbit ne- ears. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know people were leaving because it was less expensive for them to do so. Well, yeah. now it's yep. not really so much. Yep. Uh, so none of the new uh, so none of this news should come as a surprise. Netflix has been moving steadily in this direction for months. In mid March of 2021, some Netflix users found themselves facing a warning stream while attempting to log in. The app was uh, nudging them towards opening their own Netflix account <laughs> rather than using someone else's. But how do they know if you're using someone else's? Because they know I, I, the location I, of I, the... I assume that's what they're doing. They're yeah, looking they're at the location. And if it's not, you know, if it's, you know, uh, uh, nine towns away. Well, because if you have, right? Because if you have the password, like, because can't I go stay at a hotel and use my Netflix can. account? So, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. if it's me, but now you're saying I think it's not because I'm not at home? I think they're they're making educated guesses. Okay. Yeah. But they, they don't know for sure. What I really need to do, and Press, you do this from time to time, where, you know, uh, oh, all these, uh, these restaurants on your birthday, you can get a free meal. There are other things that you subscribe to that you will get free Netflix or free HBO Max yeah, or free. Right. I need to know all of those deals. Yeah, but it's you, usually for new users. So uh, if you already have an account, you're not going to get that free. Casey, I have a great app. It's only $55 a month. <laughs> And it'll show you where you can get free. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like my other thing that help, uh, helps me get rid of needless accounts that I'm, I'm maintaining, yeah. and that's like a hundred dollars a year. You know, right. Casey, I, it's amazing how much I'm not saving. Casey, I, I have Verizon, and so with Verizon, I got the Disney Plus, uh, the um, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. Right, yeah. that, that package, but it lasts two years. And I have to pay for the Verizon. So it's, it's one of these things where, like, you're always robbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, always, but also, before you sign up for something, like, you can get the HBO stuff if you are an HBO subscriber on Xfinity. Right. So, so yeah. th- those are things you need to look into. But, Nick, that's what I did with Yellowstone. So whatever the platform was I got, I watched the three seasons, and then I was like, cancel. And I, and I was sick at the time, so I watched it, I think, in a month. Yeah. And so I only paid the one-time fee. And then you but, get rid of it. Yeah, but then I had to buy the fourth season on Amazon Prime for 15 bucks. <laughs> uh, so long story short, if you're mooching off of somebody else's Netflix account, you should probably start planning for when they, uh, that won't be an option anymore because it just might be sooner uh, than expected for you. Okay, in sports this morning. Ball sexy.
The Flyers capped an emotional night for Captain Claude Giroux by beating the Nashville Predators in hey. South Philly. Kevin Hayes scored. Kevin Hayes scored a tying goal late in the third period, then assisted Joel Farabee's game winner with a minute 19 remaining to lead the Flyers to a 5-4 win. The night was dedicated to honoring Drew's 1,000th career regular season game. After a moving pregame ceremony, Drew held off the score sheet. After the game, he did not travel with the team, and there were reports that he could be traded as early as this morning. Flyers are on the road tonight with the game in Ottawa against the Senators. The puck is set to drop at 7 o'clock. The Sixers are back home tonight, and they'll take on the Dallas Mavericks with a record of 42-20 and The Sixers are in third place in the Eastern Conference, three games behind the Miami Heat for first. The Mavs have a similar record at 43-26 and and are in fifth place in the West. Tip-off tonight is at 7 o'clock. In the NCAA tournament, uh, the number 15 seed, St. Peter's Peacocks, knocked out the number 2 seed, Kentucky Wildcats, in a huge upset, winning 85-79. to The Peacocks win is the largest upset in the NCAA tournament since Goblin State beat South Carolina in 1997. It's also tied for the fourth largest point spread upset in the tournament since 1985. Later today, the two local teams in the tournament, the Villanova Wildcats and the University of Delaware Blue Hens, will face off against each other in Pittsburgh. Tip-off is scheduled for 2.45. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank you very much, Kathy. We welcome you to that day you have been waiting for, a Friday and wonderful weather. As we said at the top of the broadcast, 76 degrees and sunshine today. This is You and I are on the same page. Friday is my favorite day of the weekend. It is, easily. Yeah. 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 Saturday's a pretty good second. Second, right, but, but some, there's something magical Sunday about Sunday is living hell. Yep, it sucks. <laughs> but we have some things to cap off your work week in fine form. We'll give away a Word of the Week prize, and you could end up with uh, three of your friends in the pit for the Black Keys show, which is coming up uh, July 30th at the Waterfront Music Billion in Camden, and we'll give you an autographed drum head as well. So that's coming up at the end of the program. And we have an in-studio guest today. Donnell Rollins. Donnell's amazing. He'll be at Helium Comedy Club tonight. There's a lot of shows sold out. So there's one at 7.30 tonight. Saturday's completely sold out. And Sunday, there's a 7 p.m. show. So it's a hot ticket. And he will be stopping by this morning. It's so good to have people in the studio. Yep, most definitely. And uh, it's good to get out, too. Last night, we went to the Flyers game for Claude Giroux's uh, big night. And uh, we'll have some short uh, stories to share from that, because uh, some pretty magical things happened, and it was uh, it was a great time last night. So we're pretty stoked about that. All right, with all that, let's take a break. Come back in a second. The entertainment report and the stupid question await you. So stay there. We'll be back in a moment. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, uh, stupid question this morning. Really interesting one, by the way. We're going to go away with a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card for the correct answer. So what floor number is often skipped in Chinese buildings as the 13th is in the West? I didn't know this was a situation. Yeah, neither did I. I'm not familiar with this. 215-263-WMMR. So sometimes they'll skip the 13th floor in hotels and 13th row on airplanes and things like that here in the West. 
But in China, there is a number floor that is often skipped because of the same reason. What is it? 215-263-WMMR. We'll go through some birthdays. Friday, March 18th, while we wait for your answer. Vanessa Williams Uh-oh. has her birthday today. We were just playing one yeah. of Casey's favorite songs the other day. We saved the best for last. Let me know when it's ready and so, I'll hit it. By the way, you know Casey has some interesting workout songs. For the longest time, this would be a workout song no. in, my, in my mix. Really? Yes, oh, really? Yes. Wow. I just, like when I was warming down, as they say, I'm, yeah. I'm just put it. Just hugging myself. Nice. Uh, but I uh, saved the best for last, Preston. I saved the best for last. It's your version of Empty the Tank. Absolutely. Right? Save the best for last. It's when your trainer gently caresses your forehead. (laughs) You did good, Steve. Yeah. You did Uh, good. Here's a treat. (laughs) She's turned out to be a a very uh, successful actress. And uh, obviously she was former Miss America, dethroned after the nude photos of her were published in Penthouse. Which, by the way, were excellent. They were great. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, she was... Of course. She's a yodeler. Another young woman. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, 59. They need to make that part of the competition. Uh, so happy birthday, Vanessa Williams. Adam Levine of Maroon 5. I know Steve. Oh. This is one of your favorite songs of all time. All the joy of the last song has been eradicated. <laughs> uh, Adam Levine is turning 43. However, he's uh, he's really damn good. He's a really good I, musician. Yep. He's a really good guitarist. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm uh, I'm actually a pretty big fan of his. I I for so he gets up into this register that I can't. Uh, you know, you could probably get to Steve. Yeah, uh, but I can't. Uh, but I just we I, went to the same vocal coach. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and his falsetto. You mean? Yeah, his falsetto. Yeah, yep. really he's great. He's a, he's a dynamic singer. Uh, also, actor Brad Dorif yes. celebrates his birthday today. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Big breakout role for him. Lord of the Rings. He's also in uh, Dune. Remember, he yes. played Piter. In uh, in the uh, original Dune film, uh, he turns seventy two years old today. Was he on uh, Steve Deadwood? Deadwood, yes, he was. I couldn't yeah. think of it. Yes, he was great. Yep. Uh, we also have uh, Irene Cara. Oh, love of her. Fame. And fame costs, doesn't it, Preston? Yeah, in sweat, yeah. and you want you got to start paying now. Uh, so she was also the she also brought us uh, some music from Flashdance. Yes, what a feeling. That whole thing. That's another massive guilty pleasure. That song? Yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, 63 today. It's Queen Latifah's birthday. Uh, <laughs> she's equalizer. 52. Uh, yeah, is that still on? It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. I just want to see her chasing people down. In a, <laughs> in Come on, man. Okay. I had a, uh, a listener friend uh, talk to me the, uh, a week or two ago. She said, you guys, you guys, oh, I love when you do best of, but... Maybe one time you could do worst of, because I heard about the Queen Latifah thing, but I never actually heard it. And I was like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah. It's, like, it's a nice idea, but we're probably not going to We do like that. her a lot, but that was yeah. just a terrible interview. She, she was, was asleep. asleep. She was asleep, yeah. 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 And, and literally, I, you could visualize in yeah. your head her laying in bed, the phone just sitting on her ear, and her eyes closed yeah. as yeah. she's sitting there talking to us. Uh, and I eventually bailed on it because yeah. it was just, it was dumb. It was, there was no point to it. Uh, she is, uh, but she's 52 years old today. Uh, Dane Cook has his birthday. It's a big one for him. He turns 50 years old. <laughs> Dane Cook has one of my favorite in-studio <laughs> memories. Oh, yeah. During drunk day and our former intern was just going off and she, and she was doing what she was supposed to do, which yeah. was be, be drunk and, <laughs> and blathering on. And Dane Cook was just sitting there going, shut up. Up. Yep. It was Julie. It was uh-huh. it was so damn funny. Uh, and she wasn't even being that no, barbarian. No. She was just saying a couple things and he was just going, Shut, Shut up. up. 
Uh, actress Lily Collins. Lily. Oh. Lily. Uh, Lily. Lily. Uh, the Blind Side, uh, Mirror, Mirror. She is uh, in Emily in Paris, and of course, the daughter of Phil Collins. Is anybody watching Emily in Paris? I've not I seen any of it. Kathy watched it, right? I watched the first uh, few episodes. It's not Steve for you and me. No, okay. it's, it's very girly, it's girly and quirky, and yes, I. But I mean, I watched the whole thing. The latest season came out, and like me, my, all my girlfriends are like, "Did you watch it yet?" You know, okay. like it was. You kind of rip through it. I think they're half hour episodes, so you, you rip through it pretty quick. All right, I thought I because my wife is currently watching. I think it's the Gilded Age. Okay, and I, it seems to be of a similar vibe. Yeah, I mean, it's good. I, yeah. I like I said, I watched every season. I liked it, but yeah, probably not for you guys. All right, only if you have a shirt with poofy sleeves, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you to, poofy sleeves. You got to see her because it's you know based around. Yeah fashion so yeah. um you have to see some of the stuff she wears like it's you know you'd never see it walking down the street okay <laughs> if, you li- if you like the fashion i'll recommend a show uh reacher uh the jack reacher uh, he wears a t-shirt and jeans so <laughs> yeah so lily collins is 33 today um actor and comedian adam pally i want to say he's been in the studio before um he has done the mindy project yeah, and great. a few other things and uh in iron man 3 he is a scene-stealing yeah. <laughs> moment with Robert Downey Jr. He is a uh, he's a television like camera guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he pops in. <laughs> you it's, it's a really funny I, scene. I grew my beard like yours. Yeah, he's like uh, I, I fashion my whole. I don't have any product in my hair right now, but yeah. I, I fashion my whole look after you. Yeah. And my favorite is he shows him a tattoo of of Tony Stark on his arm, and he goes he goes Yeah, it's it's not exactly they they I, the tattoo artist did it from a a, a, a model that I had of you. Or like a, yeah, a, yeah. an action That's figure true. that I made of you. Uh, He's great. Uh, and, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, all right, we need you to focus up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> focus here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he is forty years old today. Adam pa- uh, Adam Pally, and then the last birthday, Kimo Timonen. Oh, oh wow, former flyer. Guy. For, what's that? He's a w- worldly known great guy. <laughs> Was that from that? Yeah, I believe so. Talking about Kimo Timonen. Yeah, that's uh, the first time I ever said that, I believe. And uh, I think I'd had a few pops the night before that broadcast. A worldly known good guy. I was trying to say he's a great dude, yeah. and uh, it came out he's a worldly known good guy. Let, let me great tell you guy. something. There's there's a level of affection to worldly known good guy that yes. I think uh, makes it uh, the better phrase to go with. He, says, he says great, by the way. It's not good guy. Oh, no, he worldly, great. Known great guy. Worldly known great guy. <laughs> uh, well, that worldly known great guy was at the game last night. Uh, a lot of former Flyers were there last yeah. night for... For uh, G's uh, 1,000th game and most likely last game. He didn't fly out with the team today, uh, from what I understand. Yeah. So, uh, But uh, Kimo turns 47 years old. And we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, our experience at the game last night a little later. In the meantime, we're going to see if we can get an answer to the super question. What floor number is often skipped in Chinese buildings as the 13th is in the West? 215-263-WMMR. I will go to Chris, see if we can get an answer. Yo, Chris, good morning. All right, Chris, what number floor is skipped in China? Is it floor number four? Number four is correct. You got it, Chris. Hang on. What? Turning red. What about it? They talk about the number four, how that's not a good number. I don't remember that in the movie. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, there you go. Uh, So we are going to set up Chris with a $50 Bonefish Grill gift card. Seafood specialties uh, take the spotlight at Bonefish Grill with Angler's Catch returning every Friday, starring tempura-styled, hand-battered crispy cod and panko-battered jumbo shrimp. Or you can try the seasonal Rockefeller butterfish or Baja scallops and shrimp scampi pasta. Visit Bonefish Grill. 
Com for information. We'll start with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. They've reached their goal of raising $30 million to help Ukraine amid Russia's invasion. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, the couple expressed their gratitude in a video on Instagram, and they wrote, while this is far from a solution to the problem, our collective effort will provide a softer landing for so many people as they forget, uh, as they forge ahead into their future of uncertainty. And our work is not done, which is why we are raising the goal to $40 million. Earlier this month, they pledged to match up to $3 million worth of donations to Airbnb uh, .org and flexport.org through GoFundMe.org in an effort to raise $30 million for the refugees fleeing Ukraine. Yeah, did so. you know what you can do with Airbnb? I, I, uh, my girlfriend and I did it, and, and mm. she introduced me to it. So basically, you can rent a home in uh, the Ukraine, and um, uh, they're not you don't you don't get to rent it. You, you're pro- providing them with some funds. Right. It's their home, and it's up on Airbnb, but basically, you're giving them money to rent their house and then obviously never actually renting the house. So it's a way you can directly give them money through an organization like Airbnb, and Airbnb is waiving a lot of the fees huh. associated That's with it. That's interesting. It's a good yeah. way to get yeah. money directly to families that need it. Nice. Do you happen to have in there, in your news, anything about the Arnold Schwarzenegger's... Uh... I do. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to go to Dolly Parton next because that's the order I have in here. Uh, her request earlier this week to be removed from this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees, the Hall has declined to pull her nomination. You suggested that was an option, and I I'm like, I, I thought they would sort of accommodate her wish, but... Well, there's a reason behind it. Yeah. So, uh, in a post on social media yesterday, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wrote in part, Dolly's nomination, along with the other 16 artists for the class of 2022, was sent out earlier this month to our 1,200 general ballot voters, the majority of whom are artists themselves for consideration for induction at our ceremony. We are in awe of Dolly's brilliant talent and pioneering spirit and are proud to have nominated her for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, essentially, they already sent out the ballots. Okay. So, you know, it, it was done is done. It will be up to the the voters, and they can you know not vote for her, maybe yeah. out of her uh, respect for her wishes. Out of respect for me, don't vote for me. Dolly said uh, recently in an interview, because my perception, and I think the perception of most of America, I just feel like it's it's more that's more for the people in rock music. I've been educated since then, saying that it's more than that, but I still don't feel right about it, and it would kind of be like putting ACDC in the Country Music Hall of Fame. She gets it, man. She completely gets it. And she said that just felt a little out of place for me. Uh, At press time, Dolly had not reacted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's decision to keep her on the ballot. It's a a class way to approach this. All right, so uh, to Casey's point, Arnold Schwarzenegger addressed the Russian people in a Twitter video about Vladimir Putin's illegal war. On Thursday, we have a clip, I believe, from Arnold. If you could pull that up, Casey, he's, we we're supposed to. Yeah, he's talking directly to the Russian people. That is correct. And yep, hang on. There I thought is. that's why you brought it up. No, 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 no. I watched it last night. All right, so here we go. To all of the Russians who have been protesting on the streets against the invasion of Ukraine, the world has seen your bravery. We know that you have suffered the consequences of your courage. You have been arrested. You have been jailed, and you have been beaten. You are my new heroes. You have the true heart of Russia. (laughs) He'd also said, I know that your government has told you that uh, it is, this is a war to denazify Ukraine. And he goes, denazify Ukraine? This is not true. Ukraine is a country with a Jewish president, a Jewish president, I might add, whose father's three brothers were all murdered by the Nazis. You see, Ukraine did not start this war. Neither did nationalists or Nazis. Those in power in the Kremlin started this war. This is not the Russian people's war. 
Uh, so he is uh, he's standing firm and sending a message out. There is a lot of protest going on within Russia, and they are taking extreme risks to do that. But mm-hmm. it, it is there's more of a um, of an anti-war sentiment than you might realize. It's pretty. I mean, you saw that footage during the newscast of the yeah. producer of the newscast getting up at the sign, yep. basically protesting the war. I also saw some uh, protesters uh, that tried to take a different angle, and they were holding up uh, blank uh, boards with nothing oh. on it. That you add the the message or no 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 so so nothing on it they're standing there they're protesting but they're not really saying anything uh-huh. and they were arrested they anyway. were arrested oh, wow. Be- because that's what's attached to it yep, yeah exactly so it's pretty messed up uh, during an interview with Good Morning America Wendy Williams gave an update on her health uh, Wendy is back in New York but she won't be able to go on camera anymore for the conversation she said. Uh, health is very well. And we have a clip, I think, yes. we were talking about this, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. She is a worldly known good woman. Uh, <laughs> so she said, uh, <laughs> uh, she said, health is very well, and I've actually had a few appointments. You know, I'm 57, uh, but now, and now I've got the mind and body of a 25-year-old. And she also spoke about her battle uh, with Wells Fargo, as previously reported, Wendy's financial advisor, Lori Schiller, made an allegation that Wendy was of unsound mind at the bank, uh, and the bank had requested a conservatorship because it believes that Wendy is the victim of undue influence and financial exploitation. She denied this allegation. I think that's what this, this is, clip, uh, address is about. Yeah. All right, here we go. They say that I need somebody to handle my account, and I don't want that. I want all my money. I want to see all my money that I've worked hard for my entire life. I don't lie, I don't cheat, and I don't steal. I am an honest, hardworking person. Uh, She also spoke on returning to television saying, this is what I would love to say to my Wendy watchers. Keep watching because I'm going to be back on the Wendy Williams Show bigger and brighter than ever. Give me about three months. There are private things that I have to deal with, and then I'll be ready to come back and be free and ready to do my thing. Yeah, you know, like so, I've 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 had fun with doing the impression of her, but but she genuinely deserves her status. I mean, she's yeah. a legendary in, in like in radio broadcaster, and and so uh, she's a fellow Hall of Famer. Yes, yeah, she, she yeah. is, mm-hmm. and she's very proud that she's in there with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so Pete Davidson was scheduled to fly to the edge of space next week <laughs> on a rocket and capsule by Blue Origin. We've reported on this, but the company announced yesterday that the flight originally slated for Wednesday. Is being rescheduled, and now it's going to be on March 29th. So he is going up, but it's going to be a little bit later than anticipated. A company spokesperson said Pete Davidson is no longer able to join the NS-20 crew on this mission. Uh, we will announce the six crew members, uh, or no, I'm sorry, six crew member in coming days. So he's not going up at all. Yeah. I thought that they yeah, had no, uh, rescheduled not, for him to go again. It's so. just not working out. Uh, Davidson had been slated to travel to space with Party America CEO Marty Allen, Philanthropist and real estate mogul Mark Hagel and his wife Sharon Hagel, the founder of the nonprofit Space Kids Global, explorer and University of North Carolina professor Jim Kitchen, and Dr. George Neald, the president of Commercial Space Technologies and former manager of the Flight Integration Offices for NASA's Space Shuttle Program. Well, if we were going into space, it's going to be good fun. Uh, the March 29th flight will be the fourth human flight and the 20th flight overall for the new Shepard program. Uh, passengers on the flight experience about four minutes of weightlessness by traveling to the edge of space at an altitude of just more than 65 miles. I saw this thing this morning. Uh, they're moving out at uh, Cape Kennedy or at the Kennedy Space Center. They're moving out uh, 
a rocket part of the Artemis program. Right now. So they're gonna yeah. it's, it's gonna be non manned, but yeah. it's headed to the moon, dude. I love that. Too. That's awesome. Did you ever watch? Did you ever watch the CNN um, documentary about uh, the Apollo Eleven launch and the whole thing? Yes, with them rolling everything out. The, yep. the, the huge. They're basically rolling out a skyscraper. It's so incredible. Yeah, amazing. Interesting fun fact about that. So yeah. the the movers that they used. You know, yeah, there's yeah. two of them. You know what their names are? No. Hans and Franz. Uh-huh. And that is where uh, they got the name on this for the uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, no kidding. That's yep. hilarious. Oh. They're, they're nicknamed Hans and Franz. It was all German engineers yeah. at that time oh. yes, that, yeah, yeah. on the program, so that's what they named them. So pretty cool. But yeah, and this is, I think it's one of the tallest rockets ever. I don't so know cool. if it's bigger than the Saturn uh, the Saturn V or According not. But to, it's this, uh, to this headline on space.com, it's the most powerful rocket ever. Ever. For ever. Me, for NASA. I love that this stuff is coming back around. <laughs> Wait, what? I had to give one out. Yeah. Imagine if that's shout the, out to NASA. The first sound that that the aliens you know, like at the beginning of uh, contact. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the first right. sound they hear. Right. <laughs> Steven comes in intervals of right. prime numbers. Come in here, listen to this. You hear this? <laughs> There's life out there. Oh, God. I was outside my house yesterday, and this truck drove by, and all I hear is, yeah! Are you serious? <laughs> yes! I just oh, love it. started God. laughing. God. Like, oh, my God. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, if we were if we were a band, okay? Yeah. If we were a rock band, and we were on a tour, we the, we'd, the stadium is packed, the lights go out. And the crowd starts going crazy, and then the first thing you hear is, "Yeah, yo, you know, we like, always do hey bitches." Boom, power we do hey, cord, and we go into it. When uh, we do hey bitches, hey what yeah. at uh, like MM barbecue, I would love. We got to gotta hear replace you. this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. totally. Can we, can we get the lights to come down? And I don't know about that. That's we'll, we'll have to ask? see if we could do that. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um, <laughs> I love this story. Uh, with a soon arriving gummy from Mike Tyson's new cannabis brand, you too can chew on an ear like the heavyweight champion. Yeah. Oh my God, fam- are you serious? For, for real. The fame boxer appeared in Boston last week to promote his Tyson 2.0 line of marijuana products in a social media post on Tuesday. Oh my God. The company unveiled Mike Tyson Bites. Ear-shaped gummies in a nod to Tyson's biting off uh, fellow Evander Holyfield's ear. I wonder. So they they've since made up, and they're and uh, and uh, Holyfield has ex- accepted the apology. So uh, I wonder if he knows about this. He should probably get a little cut, a little piece of his ear. Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously. Now, twenty-five years removed from the incident, Tyson is uh, charting a new path in retirement. On Thursday, the boxer greeted dozens of fans and signed autographs at Boston's Ascend Cannabis Dispensary. In an interview, he said that after years of depression and other mental health issues. He was left uh, taking opiates and other drugs that made him want to do nothing but watch marathons of Law & Order and eat food. He said he gained almost 100 pounds and he wanted to die. But now, 55 years old, he says he was saved by two things, his wife and psychedelics. He said, my wife started getting me up, moving me around, getting some life in me, and I started doing psychedelics and I became a believer. Uh, Tyson, whose 2.0 cannabis brand is partnering with the Ascend Dispensary, said that he's more at peace, thinking more clearly, and has solid relationships with his children, family, and friends now. Well, good. I mean, he's he's definitely a passionate advocate for this stuff. And uh, not only that, it is very lucrative for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, did, doing well. did you, the ear has a bite out of it. Did yeah. You, 
Uh, oh, yeah. I guess it comes that way. <laughs> That's great. That's terrific. I didn't notice that, but it's got a little yeah. nip taken out of it. <laughs> nice. I love it. Uh, let's see. How about uh, this? Chris Reed, or Red, I'm sorry. Yes. Recently revealed to Jess Cagle that it's been hard not to joke about the situation between Kanye West and his Saturday Night Live co-star Pete Davidson. Uh, the comedian who has previously impersonated West on SNL said, it's just better not to put your friend in a weird situation by antagonizing a situation more than you need to. But I'm really tired of sitting on these jokes. <laughs> so I hope they figure that out soon because I ain't got nothing to do with none of this. So he wants to get in there and mix it up, man. Yeah, uh, he's very funny. So he's also... They do this show, and then he and Keenan uh, go do that sitcom that they're both on. So yeah. they're constantly working. Steve, do you recall ever in the history of Saturday Night Live the uh, tabloid fodder of the cast members becoming a yeah. skit? Yeah. yeah. Uh, even early on, Case, with um, with backstage uh, fighting with the original cast, uh, you know, I, I mean... Uh, it, w- listen, we didn't have tons of social media and stuff like that back then, right? But yeah, there's, there's the, the cast has always had points where they were the story, right. uh, and uh, this is just another chapter. Uh, so Sharon Osborne, a year after leaving the talk, uh, she's picked up a new gig. She's going to be joining Piers Morgan on UK's soon-to-launch talk TV network. Yeah, we don't have enough talk. Uh, Morgan made the announcement on <laughs> uh, Thursday on Twitter calling Osborne opinionated, fearless, funny, and maybe a little bit dangerous. Uh, the forthcoming current affairs show is set to launch in spring 2022. It's I think this is wrong. It says it will be called The Talk. Yeah, I, I heard that as well, Preston. So she just left a show called The Talk. Yeah, but now this is British talk where they talk with an accent. Oh, yeah. it's that kind of yeah, talk. Yeah, that talk. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> so she, with a U. T-A-U-L. <laughs> yeah, yeah, talk. Uh, she's she stuck up for her her friend. She's yeah. friends with Piers Morgan and, um, and lost her gig because of it. So yep. here they are. So they're going to be working together. Uh, Amazon on Thursday said that it closed its $8.45 billion acquisition of MGM. The deal, yeah, which was first announced in May, could give Prime Video a boost and amp up Amazon's original production arm, Amazon Studios. Mike Hopkins, Senior Vice President of Prime Video at Amazon Studios, said, We welcome MGM employees, creators, and talent to Prime Video and Amazon Studios. And we look forward to working together to create even more opportunities to deliver quality Storytelling to our customers. Wait, they owned MGM. They, they do. They, they will. They, do that. they yeah. will. They do yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So that means that w- they would also then be owners of the Bond cat- catalog and Rocky and Rocky. Yep. So a bunch of franchises oh, as boy. well. But this, Amazon's going to own the world, man. Uh, MGM has a catalog of more than four thousand film titles, so they will have them all. I'm a proud <laughs> Prime member. You're what? I'm sorry. I'm a proud Prime member. A proud Prime member. Yeah, I get all my baggies. <laughs> I wonder if he gets a free membership. <laughs> you got to look out for porch pirates, Caddy. I know. I, I have uh, cameras. <laughs> yeah, like a ring camera, which is Amazon. Oh, that is Amazon. You're right. Wow, <laughs> you're on board for everything. Totally down with it, bro. Yep. yep. All right, uh, and <laughs> all right, yep. <laughs> well, so what, what, what he's happy. He still doesn't, you know. <laughs> he he lives a, like a very um, rare existence. So when he gets to just be a regular guy and order stuff from Amazon, it's very exciting. <laughs> all right, one more quick thing. Uh, Tom Hiddleston and Zoe Ashton are engaged. Uh, rumors started swirling about the couple over the weekend after Ashton appeared. On uh, 2022 British Academy Film Awards with a sparkling ring on her left hand. Did he? 
Is this is, was she in the series Loki? I do not know who she is. Okay, I, I, I didn't. I, for some it. reason, she she. I thought she might have been in the series Loki, and I'd be curious to see where they met. Her name is spelled Nick. You're gonna look it up. Zowie. Z a w e. Zowie. Ashton. And I, I didn't do my research this morning, unfortunately. Uh, people confirmed on Thursday that the couple who began dating after starring in the 2019 play Betrayal together oh, okay. uh, is set to wed. So I don't know. Probably you not know, Loki Obviously, then. she acts, but I, I have no idea what her um, her credits uh, entails. You know, he's a very talented mimic, as they say over there. Yes, he is. His impressions are really good. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're spot on. He does yeah. some really funny ones, too. All right, so uh, it's Friday. That means uh, movies are opening, so let's talk about them. Here we go. Oh, different one. Yeah. All right, so Deep Water is one of the films you can see. It's a mystery thriller. It's Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas, and Lil Ray Howery. Uh, the It's based on the celebrated novel by famed mystery writer Patricia Highsmith. Deep Water takes us inside the marriage of picture-perfect Vic and Melinda Van Allen to discover the dangerous mind games they play. And like what, Wordle. And what happens <laughs> to the people that get caught up in them. Uh, hour and 55 minutes long, rated R, streaming now. Rotten Tomato score gives it only a 44%. But she is perfection. Well, she's a temptress in this, and oh she's the goodness. perfect choice for... So she's apparently going around, like, banging everybody right and left, but they she's thrilling to him, so he stays with her in this game. It looks interesting. Ana de Armas. All right, also opening this weekend is Windfall, which is a mystery thriller starring Jason Siegel, Lily Collins, Lily. whose <laughs> birthday is today, and Jesse Plemons. A man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home, but things go sideways when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last-minute getaway. Hour and 32 minutes long. Rated R. Streaming now. Rotten Tomato score. There is not one at this point. Not a good sign. And then finally, Uma. That's a horror film starring Sandra Oh. Uma Thurman. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Oh, Fievel Stewart, and Dermot Mulroney. Mulroney. Uh, Uma, which is the Korean word for mother, follows Amanda and her daughter living a quiet life on an American farm. But when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Uh, It's an hour and 32 minutes long, rated PG-13 and wide theater release. Rotten Tomato score, a paltry 33%. All right, and now we're ready for the clips. Ben Affleck stars in the new movie Deep Water, and in this clip, Ben explains why he enjoys playing characters for director Adrian Lin. One of the nice things I like about Adrian and his movies is that I love this. Is like there's no simple answer. You don't look it up and go, "He wants this, you want that." This is the answer. Here's you know the movie goes A, B, C, and it's all neatly tied up. The characters are complicated. They're not totally self-aware, and the odd, the movie doesn't try to explain everything. Uh, Deep Water can be streamed on Hulu. Next clip. Dwayne The Rock Johnson shares formative moments from his childhood in the show Young Rock. In this clip, The Rock explains why it's so special to him. It's my family. It's my grandmother, my grandfather, it's my dad, my mom, and a lot of people who have, uh, I've had the privilege of um, 
intersecting with uh, throughout my life, including the wildly crazy and unpredictable world of professional wrestling. Shut the f*** up! New episodes of Young Rock air Tuesday at 8 o'clock NBC. I read the other day that Sean Astin is going to be added to the cast, and he's going to play some kind of a nemesis. So uh, to the rock, and I don't know the details on that. It's apparently like these are the episodes, and I've been watching it. I, I actually enjoyed the show. I think the one thing that they do, which is kind of dumb, is that the whole idea that they're going through his life is that um, he's running for president, and so he's you know they they interview him about moments of his life. They could do away with that, but you have famous wrestlers being depicted and famous people throughout his life being depicted by actors, and it's it is pretty cool. Nice. All right, there you go. That's the entertainment report for your Friday morning. Look at how foggy it is outside. By the I way, I know, I know. It's oh uh, here in Bala. It is incredibly thick, and and uh, driving in from Harleysville, it was uh, it was the same thing. It was you, you've got to be careful, uh, especially as uh, you know traffic's picking up this morning. Uh, just watch out because somebody can put on the brakes and and you. May we'll realize it. it too late. Sometimes it's well worth your time to set someone on the hood and look for obstructions up ahead. Ah, yeah, consider that. driving sl- like a like a grandmometer. Throw right. your uh, throw a senior citizen <laughs> out there. Grandma, grandma there. can you sit up here? Yeah, She's all right. Not busy. So uh, be careful on the way in. We got some stuff to do. Uh, Donnell Rawlings is going to be in our studio this morning. We got things to give away. We'll take a break and we'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Join Brent Porsche and Sam Adams Friday from 7 to 9 at New Deck Tavern, 3408 Sansom Street in University City. Catch all the action on the hardwood. Play Sam Adams' Papa Shot for sweet prizes and enjoy $5 Sam Adams drafts. Uh, Real quick, speaking of of pets, I got this email I wanted to pass along. It says, Dear Preston, I've been a long-time listener since Y100 Days. And I listen to you guys via the podcast every day since I live in Florida. Originally from Philadelphia, I moved to Boca Raton in 2008. And I was listening to you guys one day and I learned that Casey is a fan of alligators. And I am legally permitted in Florida to own an alligator. And it gave me an idea. My gator, Hendrix, decided he would pose for a picture uh, with your guys' logo. Hopefully you see this. You guys rock. That is uh, Mike Klein from Florida. So here I have a picture wow. that he sent of his alligator Hendrix <laughs> that little fella. with the Preston and Steve logo. <laughs> That's terrific. I sent it to Marissa to post on our social accounts later on, so I thought that was really cool. And then I have another, believe it or not, alligator uh, email, and this is from uh, Kristen... <laughs> Uh, Benash, I guess is how you say her name, uh, who lives in Roseville, California. Mm. And she said, hey, I just wanted to reach out and say thank you again for the daily smile. She said, I was having a horrible morning yesterday, but when I turned on my presidency podcast, that all changed. When I heard uh, the little bit during the Bizarre File with the alligator that would not give up the man's arm, <laughs> you guys had me laughing so hard I cried. Instant 180 of my mood. The story itself was horrific, But the imagery of an alligator acting like a dog, only giving up his treasure for a treat, had me cracking up. And it only took a few seconds, but you guys turned my day around. That's awesome. That is all. And just wanted to say thank you. Love you from Kristen. So, Kristen, we are happy to do that. I love animals so much. (laughs) They're so great. Did you... You've seen the video of this uh, this Rottweiler who gets caught eating out of the the food bag in the garage. And the owner's like, hey... What are you doing? And the dog takes his face out of the food bag, spits all the food out, and then runs away. I've never seen anything. They are amazing. All right. And then uh, finally, 
Uh, I got this email. I just love animals. I, I do. <laughs> Saw a cat acting like a dog the other day. It was pretty cool, too. Back to you, Preston. No, it's okay. You take it for a while. <laughs> you don't have to be so mean about it. it <laughs> what? Just having a little fun, man. Listen, Listen bro. <laughs> Preston clearly doesn't realize that's breaking news. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that, then I got this other message. Uh, this email says... <laughs> I really like gum. <laughs> I mean, it's funny when he says it. <laughs> what you doing over there, by the way? I'm just taking care of stuff. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Casey's, he pulled out some ointment. He's got a Q-tip. Well, I need to know. I think he forgets that we're on it. <laughs> I need to know what's going He's on. He's building a ship in the bottle. Listen, man, that's why people like the show. It's just so cash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Your cat. Yeah, they just feel like they're listening to the conversation. So in a normal conversation, if I had a sore in my nose, I would just take a Q-tip and put some ointment oh, on it. And then, oh, that's what you're yeah, doing. Okay. Do you have a cold right. sore in your nose? Oh, my God. That's the worst. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. inside? Uh-huh. Those suck. Oh, yeah, those are horrible. Yeah. Oh, I hate them. But yep. I got to get to it early. By the way, it it does, does a sore in your nose... Inside vault because you know, that's called the triangle, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you can't. You oh, should not dangerous? pop. Yeah, you should not pop pimples in what they call the the triangle of your face. Huh? Yep. Um, which is uh, I do anyway. Yeah. I and listen, when you do get one of those cold sores in there, and it mm. eventually kind of like you know, crusts up or whatever, and mm. picking at it uh. is like I can't not. You no. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A human has to. I'm no sorry. Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So you should uh, you know, look at pets and animals. Yeah. And hey, hey, it'll cheer you up. Yeah. I saw up. this video, this cat <laughs> doing these tricks with the dog. Back to you, Preston. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe we should play our new Friday song. Yes. yes. That that'll 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 pick us up. <laughs> All right. So, you don't like this one. Yeah, this is a new Friday. So this is Bob Dylan, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We were listening. We were, we were listening uh, to uh, this earlier, and it just didn't sound like it had the right vibe we need on a Friday. It so we be a little peppier. We altered it a little bit, and this oh. is what we came up with. Friday, Friday. There you Way go. better. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> Play it again. It's, you got to pay attention to the lyrics. It's Friday. Okay. <laughs> that that was Bob Dylan in the original one. Yeah, because it was like it's Friday. It was so down and yeah, dowry, like, and I'm like, well, why don't you just speed it up a little? It's my new party song for the weekend. <laughs> Friday, Friday, Friday. All right. This is a song I like to send it out to all the cats to pretend they're dogs. <laughs> you got to see this video, Steve. <laughs> well, now, now you have to. I know we have to, see dude. It. I mean, he sits right. You know, cats don't do that. Cats don't go, oh, okay, all right, sit, you know, Fifi, sit. They don't do that. They're like, they do whatever they want on I their could, time. I could probably work. With the nine that I have, I could probably work one or two. <laughs> into the they do. A couple will fetch for me. Really? Yeah, Mia will. Oh, if I yell at them, they run. Yeah. They know. <laughs> All right, one more email I want to read to you guys. Uh, this says, Gadzooks, growing up in Philly my entire life, originally from Delco, I never thought that I'd have the opportunity to meet and shake the hand of Eric Lindros. <laughs> I had that chance tonight. And the only thing that I could think to say was, uh, thank you for what you've done for Philly. And I heard you on Preston and Steve last week. And his response was, well, they're right over there. <laughs> and I looked over and was greeted by the one and only Kenny Knight. <laughs> <laughs> After being a listener for 20 plus years and a hockey fan for as long as I can remember, I could barely comprehend what was happening in such a short period of time. 
I had a lengthy conversation with both Preston and Nick and couldn't appreciate more how down-to-earth and conversational you both were. It was such an uplifting night towards a sense of normalcy with an awesome hockey game and the best way to send Giroux off with a win. Thanks for all that you do. This is from Phil DeMauro. Uh, who was in the suite next to us? Oh, I didn't see him. Yeah, super yeah. nice guy. There was a, there was a whole group of them over there that were that were listeners of the show, <laughs> I didn't... and uh, they came over to say hello real quick, or they leaned over to say hello from uh, the other suite. Um, so last night, yeah, we took a, a group of listeners and we got tickets in a catered suite at uh, Claude Giroux's one thousandth game, and more than likely, it hasn't become one hundred percent official, but his last game is a flyer. Did not travel with the team to Ottawa. And uh, I got to tell you, it was it was a pretty magical night. Number one, I haven't been to a hockey game in a long time. And uh, number two, to gather with people uh, like that hasn't happened in a while either, especially with listeners. And number three, the the um, the organization threw a really good celebration for uh, for Claude. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It was. I, you'd have to be made of stone to not be moved by that. Yep. And uh, Preston, like I. Going over there and doing the whole thing, like I had to get out of my head and say, "Why am I getting so nervous?" It's like, but I realized it's been forever since we've done something like this, mm-hmm. and so the you know the traffic was good for me, and I got in and it was it was great. And it, I woke up to the suite, and, and I'm I'm thinking, okay, what's the we want, always want to make sure that the, the listeners are taken care of. Man, they catered it so wonderfully; oh it was goodness. unbelievable. The food. Uh, they they really went over the top. It was fantastic. Not only Stephen requested chicken strips, <laughs> which they provided me, and uh, um, uh, and plenty, tons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and but but they had uh, like uh, short ribs and and uh, pulled pork and uh, grilled shrimp and Caesar salad and sandwiches and brownies and and they had. <laughs> Bourbon, tequila, and vodka, and Ooh, beer, and all this wow. stuff, and everything to mix with. Like we had the complete hookup for our listeners last night. It was so cool. I was so happy, and the people that won the tickets were delighted, and they got the royal treatment from the Flyers last night. So I, I was the first to arrive into the suite. I picked up a. They, I love the popcorn. I don't know what the hell it is, but I love that freaking popcorn over the big bucket. Uh, I mean, I'm not in that suite for more than seven, eight seconds. I turn around and I bump something and pour the entire bucket of popcorn. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like a jackass. <laughs> no. And I'm like, it, 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 pristine, done to the nines. And so Rob is the gentleman's name. I think is the guy who was helping us. Couldn't have been nicer, but yeah. got that all cleaned up. And uh, But again, the people who showed up, everyone just had smiles on their face. And to see... Um, uh, to see that ceremony and to see what they did and have yeah. uh, have everyone practicing in Jeru's uh, number, you know the other. Uh, yeah. So when they when they did the uh, the pre skate, they did the warm up. Uh, every single member of the team was wearing number twenty eight. They were wearing a jersey that had twenty eight on it. Claude's was the only one that was a little bit different. It was uh, it was all blacked out in the numbers, so you could see who yeah. he was uh, when they were doing the skate, and um, it was really really cool to see that. And they kept flashing. Um, Great, uh, you know, pictures and so on up on the screens. And, and that's the first time that I've been at a Flyers game for the pre-fired up uh, presentation that they do. With actual I haven't, been, I haven't been to yeah. a game in years. It's yeah. been a, a few years. It was Damn it, that was amazing. Yeah. And what they were showing on the ice was amazing. So yeah. all, all the stuff, like Drew's picture was popping up on the ice. But Preston, I swear to God, when they set those flame things <laughs> off, Fire. we were all the way across, yeah. and I could feel that heat. Yep. Yeah, and they do they do the thing kind of like where the Sixers have done for a while where the, the floor breaks apart. They do the ice breaking apart. Yeah. It was... 
It was something else, man. Yeah, the presentation really has gotten better. Uh, I, I I wish they had a, a team that matched the the you know the pregame um, celebrations because uh, it, they've done a fantastic job with it. The video screens are awesome. Uh, the pregame ceremony honoring Claude um, before the game started was I thought was really really well done. Brought brought out his whole family, yeah. his wife, his two kids. Uh, his parents were there. They presented him with a silver stick, and then they presented his two sons with oh. silver sticks. And I got choked up. I mean, it there's was these great. two little boys out on the ice. They also got little silver sticks, hockey sticks to play with. It's just it was really sweet and touching. By the way, going back to the uh, the pre-show hype and the and the starting lineups, you know, the the announcement of the starters and so on. I had watched. I told you the um, our uh, British friends uh, Joel and Leah. Uh, they went to a Sixers game. We got them out right, there, right. and uh, they they made a video of that. And so that whole pre setup thing that happens, right. they were like, they couldn't believe what they were saying right. because they don't do that type of stuff. No, they just get right to the, they get uh, right yeah, to yeah. the game and they don't do any of that. So uh, that was, uh, and, and so I was taking that in while I was watching that. I'm like, all right, this is pretty special when you do You know what's pretty like wonderful? They had a brawl. There was a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Near the beginning of the, it, of the, of the first good. period. Yeah. yeah. And it was a good one. Who was, uh, it was McEwen. I don't know who he went up against with the, with the, uh, Preds. The guy was huge. Yeah. And he, he got him down and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then that dude got back up again. I know. And, but, but McEwen then he got him landed back down. A, and McEwen landed three, four yeah. in the first, the first mm. portion, a portion of the fight. It was <laughs> clean ones. Yeah. And, and then shortly after that, we got a goal. I'm like, this is yeah. going to be a great game. This is already worth it right here. But and it his, was. His celebration after yeah. after that, that fight and heading back is like he's pumping his hands up. He's getting the crowd fired yeah, up. Yeah. Well, you could tell all the players really were pumped for Drew last night. They wanted it to be a win. Uh, and so the, the Flyers were up 3-1, and then the Preds went up 4-3. And then the Flyers came back uh, towards the end of the third, and the, the place went nuts. It was, I, I'm glad I stayed for the whole game. It was really great that they were able to come back and win. Uh, Kevin Hayes kind of had a lucky goal, bounce off of him and go in, and then had a beautiful pass to set up Farabee, and Farabee scored uh, with the game winner. It was just over a minute left. So going back to the, the pregame stuff, that's the first time I've seen where they, they now have a ritual of somebody beating the drum okay, yeah, to, yeah. To, uh, to get the crowd uh, fired up. and. Uh, they they show the spotlight, and it's right before the game starts that they do that. I mean, right as the game is about to, right before they drop the puck. And so uh, they, they zoom in on the person, and lo and behold, huh. it's Eric Lindros <laughs> banging on the drum. We're like, oh, my God, I knew he was going to be here tonight. And not 15 minutes later... He shows up in our suite. Oh, man. Nick texted him, yeah. uh-huh. and he was cool enough to come up and say hi. And Oh, I'll- people were having seizures. Our winners were freaking out. It was just the best. Yeah, I mean, he's he's still a draw. He's still a big name, and uh, his role with the organization has changed over the years, you know, but he um, I think he really embraces what he's doing now. Yep. He could not have been nicer, and and Sometimes when we're in positions like that, um, it's a. I don't want to put him in an awkward position, right? We have a nice friendship with Eric, and so you bring him into a suite, and you don't want him to get bombarded by all the listeners. He didn't mind at all. He yeah. took every photo that everybody wanted to take with him. It's clear he's in that mode. He man. is, he's, yeah. He, and in fact, he was. He kept everyone who came up to him absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, you get the sense that the second he hits Philadelphia. That's a lot of that. Well, uh, he's getting a lot of that around the clock. So there was a listener there named Eva last night, and she was uh, taking like a selfie with Eric behind her. And Eric put his arm on Eva, and it's like, no, no, no come on in. Yep. Let's get a picture together. You know, nice. so for them to do that together and to do it that way was really cool. So he is wearing a Flyers sweater right now uh, in this picture that we're looking at. Was it his number? No, or was no. It, it was Drew. It was yep. Drew. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. He was wearing a twenty-eight. And by the way, speaking of the jersey, after he left the suite, I went and I go and I sit down in my seat. And then I look out at the ice, and I glance my eyes up just a little bit, 
and I see 88 hanging from the rafters. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a retired Jersey guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the real deal. Nobody with the organization is ever going to wear number 88 again. Yeah. When he came in, I, I remember the first thing I said to him is, uh, don't touch the chicken fingers. <laughs> yeah. They're mine. Yeah. They're mine. Well, he honored yeah, that. He yeah. did. He honored As that. As a man. I yeah. do appreciate because, you know, you guys posted this picture last night and people were like, oh my gosh, is, you know, how, is Casey taking the picture? You know, I wasn't there last night and I appreciate Nick calling me. He calls, and I'm like, all right, well, Nick's calling in the middle of the Flyers game. There's something this going on. Right? This can't be good, right? <laughs> Eric Lindros should be calling my phone. Well, <laughs> and it didn't even dawn. He goes, hey, somebody wanted to talk to you. I just assumed it was, a, you know, one of the listeners in the studio. And lo and behold, it was Eric Lindros. <laughs> he didn't really want to talk to me. But, uh, and I could tell. He's like, uh, you know. But I'm, I'm on the phone with him, and I yell to my wife. I'm like, Diane! I'm talking to Eric Lindros on the phone right now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Such a dork. No, but he's a good sport about it. Yeah, you know, like he, he totally gets it. And, you know, um, Jeru has had some fun at your expense over the years too, Case. But, like, he really likes you, you know. Yeah. And, and so it was cool that uh, we were able to see Eric last night. It was cool that we were able to be there for Drew. Uh, probably his last game with the team. Though. And thank God, thank God they, they won. won. I mean, yeah. the only thing that would have made last night better was either A, Drew gets the game-winning goal yeah, or, right. or a goal. But, you know, uh, they won and that's all that matters. One yeah. thing is clear, as is the case often with somebody, the way he's treated the city and the way he's been, he will always be welcome. He will always be celebrated. I mean, he's got that. He'll always get a free meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's probably a matter of time, but the number 28 will be hoisted into the rafters yeah. there. You know, like, he he deserves that. And so, Bobby Clark was there yeah. last night to to personally hand that, that uh, silver stick to him. Yeah, some nice video tributes from uh, Kimo Timonen and from uh, Jay Forchak, Danny Rier, yeah, yeah. Hartsey and Jim Jackson. You know who wasn't there, Steve? Hasselhoff. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's, you know, bitch. clear. Like, do you not have a soul? That's yeah. kind of a slight. <laughs> I don't care if you weren't invited or had no idea what was going on. It was, it was, the, some of it was pretty melancholy, man. I was, uh, I was getting a little yeah. bummed out. I yeah. mean, I, it really would have been the best of all worlds to have him play out his entire career here. Well, it's a yeah. little frustrating because had the management built a better team around the guy, yeah. last night's celebration would have been prep for them getting into the playoffs, you know? And, and it could have been that if things had gone differently this season, but it wasn't. And so he's moving to a team, in all likelihood, that that's, has going to contend for the Cup. And so good for him for having that option, but it sucks that it's not going to happen here in Philly. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's uh, sad. But I want to thank uh, Sean, uh, who was our yes. contact at the Flyers for helping set that whole thing up last night. Sean... Point. Uh, Point. Yeah. Point. And, and uh, Zach Hill and uh, Joseph Hill with the Flyers have always been so helpful. Uh, yep. Zach They're on their game, man. They, 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 they Like, again, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what's down the road. And obviously they're going to they're gonna build and we get hopefully get everything back up and running the way it should be. But regardless, it's always a blast to go there oh. and see it in person. And not just the team. I was talking to uh, Mike, who works in security there, that they are going to... Um, they're going to so the improvements they, the the suites they have they have uh, they bumped them up enough. Yeah, yeah. They've improved that, and they did it a few years ago. I just haven't been in one in several years. But we know about the the top suites and the, and them fixing that whole area that that inexpensive area that you can hang out up top. I forgot the name of assembly it. room the assembly room. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to redo their club uh, level yeah. as well after this season. And the clubs are great, too. The club boxes you can buy tickets for. It's not like a suite where you have to, you know, I don't know how you get suite tickets other than... You went on our show. You went on our show. <laughs> uh, but they're going to redo the club thing. That building is fantastic, yeah. man. They've really done wonders with it. They've done a great job. It's cool yep. to, uh, you know, see the renovations um, 
paying off and, and being really nice at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it cannot be overstated how wonderful it is to be around people. Yeah. And the fact that we're we're throwing parties and <laughs> yeah. stuff again. And yeah, did you yeah, guys yeah. get to uh, chat with uh, listener Gary and his uh, nephew, Josh? Yes. They were, uh, Josh was probably six, maybe seven. <laughs> so cute. Casey, he brought... Because it gets loud in there, yeah. he, oh. ha- he had headphones oh, I love to keep it. the noise down, and he's there. He he was like, if he had been transported to Saturn, he couldn't have been more wide-eyed. <laughs> so uh, when you guys you guys weren't able to stay for the entire game, but uh, Josh, the seven-year-old, uh, won the autographed uh, jersey. Oh, oh right. really? <laughs> yeah, well, I figured and if anybody deserves it, it's the kid, so yeah. I, gave, I gave it to him, and he was really appreciative. He got a round of applause from everybody in the suite, which was really touching and uh, and I got a picture I'll post it up on uh, on Instagram and social media <laughs> later but it was it was cool man it was neat to see that little kid smile and have some fun excellent yeah good, good time last night all right we have a few minutes left and if I don't clean out some things from my junk then they're just gonna they're gonna go <laughs> <I know. laughs> they're gonna go to waste uh so I Oh, yeah, I better dig in the God, drawer. My little tiny farts ready to go when you do that. Hey, uh, I, I sent this to a few of you this morning. This is wild. Uh, from Star Trek to Harry Potter, invisibility cloaks have been a popular feature in science fiction blockbusters Let for years. Let me guess, I wasn't on that email list. You weren't on that email list. <laughs> I didn't put you or Marissa in there. Uh, but now the futuristic technology has become a reality with the development of a fully functional invisibility shield. Yeah. This thing is incredible. It's, it, it, it's you you <laughs> you have to keep checking because it's like okay, are they faking this? But it's amazing. Yeah, the shield has been developed by London-based startup called Invisibil- Invisibility Shield Company and it's now I've seen things where they they'll use cameras, okay, right. on the back of something and it projects it takes a video of what's behind you right. and puts it in front of you. This is not that. This right. is something oh. different than that. This uses um, a special lens array uh, that redirects light, rendering any objects or people hiding behind it invisible, quote-unquote invisible. Uh, the team explained, uh, so far, by the way, 25 fully functional shields have been developed, and the team is funding a Kickstarter to develop more. They said, disappointed by the lack of progress and continued unavailability of actual working invisibility shields, we decided to step things up and go all in on our project to create one. We went through countless iterations, tested a lot of materials, and experienced a lot of failure. But along the way, we managed to develop a reliable, scalable, and efficient manufacturing process and create what we believe are the best invisibility shields ever made. So, obviously, you have a military application and the dream of rubbing one out in a public park (laughs) is now The application is endless. Yeah, absolutely. So, the invisibility shield uses a special lens array to direct much of the light reflected from the object or person hiding behind it away from the observer, sending it sideways across the face of the shield to the left and right. Now, listen, I've read this, I've looked at the diagrams, I don't get it. I so, don't know how the hell they're doing it. To me, it's like a little bit... So, um, it, it, for people who have um, projectors at home, like uh, TV projectors, mm-hmm. home theater projectors, like ambient light um, um, reducing screens have this sort of... Um, it, it's like when you partially raise and lower uh, blinds or when you, you, know, you ratchet them up or lower them a little bit, that sort of thing is going on, and that diminishes the light in one direction and boosts it in another. I think it's something similar to that here. So it doesn't completely, it, it's, I, I would imagine it'll work best from a distance. As you get up closer, you're going to be able to tell. Again, on, on, on a military application and or, you know, also if you're looking, if you, if you have something that's an eyesore, uh, 
you know, you could hide it, I guess. I would also guess you'd have to be looking directly at this. I don't know about, you know, off-angle or yeah, not. Yeah, off-angle, yeah. uh, Because the lenses in this array are vertically oriented, the vertically oriented strip of light reflected by the standing or crouching subject quickly becomes very diffuse when spread out horizontally on passing through the back of the shield, the team explained. Yeah. In yeah. contrast, the light reflected from the background is much brighter and wider, so when it passes through the back of the shield, far more of it's refracted uh, is refracted both across the shield and towards the observer. So it only makes the close-up things uh, kind of disappear, I guess, is what I uh, get from because this. That's what we're seeing here. So there's a guy standing in a parking lot, and uh, there are empty parking spaces. You know, the lines are on the pavement, and you can see them perfectly. Uh, but even the he, closest one, even too, the closest which is probably one. closer than him, which is weird. I don't yeah. know how it works that way. So to develop the shield, the team tested a variety of different lens shapes with varying angles, depths, profiles, and separation distances. The final iteration features elongated convex lenses running in parallel across a polymer sheet. The material used to create the shield is UV-resistant, temperature-resistant, and extremely durable. It's commonly used for external signage and marine applications. If you had a Harry Potter-type invisibility cloak, where would be your first destination? Ooh. What would you do first? Um, I would take a nap. That's right. <laughs> Let me just lay this down. It's probably comfortable. Yeah, and yeah. nobody yeah. would see that and you're no sleeping on the job. And yeah. Um, wow. Would you go into, like, a the, the teacher's lounge in a school? No. <laughs> somewhere that would make me money somehow. No, uh-huh. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make this into a money thing. Well, like, like insider trading or, you know, I don't yeah. know. I did, that's where I think I would. Now, I wouldn't steal anything. I wouldn't, you know, uh, waltz into a bank and take money out. But, but some way to make money. Go yeah. sit in Bill's office without him knowing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hello, Victoria's Secret. <laughs> you make lingerie for men. <laughs> no, the... Uh, um, <laughs> and then I could record that and extort him. Yes. That's how it... Yeah. How did you get this? One. Yeah. Yeah, no, um... <laughs> It's it's this is a concept that's been around forever, but to see the application like this is pretty mind blowing. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It doesn't. You're not getting a crystal clear see through, but you're getting enough, as you said, from a distance. Yeah, where you wouldn't would, notice it. Yeah, uh, the bond between the layers. Uh, wait a minute. This is a lengthy discussion uh, uh, description of how this works, and it's, it's magic. Uh, that's what they should go with. Backgrounds with defined horizontal lines work really well. And these can be natural features such as the horizon or man-made features like walls, rails, or painted lines. They also found that uh, the shield performs best against uniform backgrounds such as grass, foliage, sand, if and, it's too busy, and sky. Probably not going to be an issue. Yep. You can also do what the Roadrunner used to do, which was to paint like a, a tunnel, a tunnel that on usually a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think I've seen this in some kind of pop culture application recently, and I'm trying to figure out what it is or was and maybe like maybe it was literally just something using um uh for a magic act or something along those lines but like i i don't i feel like i've seen this recently Have, there's a thing that you might see pop up a lot now which is they're doing it on um the buildings that are like in times square that or in other major cities that are on uh, like a very uh, high traffic area they'll take one or two floors and they'll use a projector system to make it look like there's a two story cat oh really it, it, yeah, yeah so, so that's it, cool. it looks like a 3d Image 
and uh, the way they can do the, it's got to be based on this similar technology. So, by the way, this is not as expensive as you think it would be. A small. What would you expect to pay for this amazing invisibility cloak? This small invisibility shield measured. Uh, if you want to get one that measures twelve by eight inches, uh, it's less than a hundred dollars. What? And the full size option, which measures thirty seven by twenty five inches, will probably run you around five hundred dollars. That's not so bad. That's not much at all. Uh, they have a Kickstarter page if you want to check that out. Oh, I've gotten burned on Kickstarter. Oh, really? They made my money disappear. Oh no, <laughs> they can do that. Uh, what What have you invested in? It was a yoga mat for my wife that, that had all this like you know feedback and stuff like that, and it had like think of like a Peloton for a yoga mat. Yeah. And it was looking really good, and it it never came into existence. I was ripped off. We had a guy that came in with a see-through cooler one time, remember? Oh, yeah. Hartnell's buddy. Yes. And uh, I wonder whatever happened with that. I don't know. That's the thing. You never find out whatever happened with that Kickstarter. That's my issue. Yeah. All right, anyhow, let me see what else I have in the junk draw to mention. I only have time for... Bless you. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Uh, all right, uh, this is interesting. Turbulence. All right, turbulence in an aircraft. You get, if you get nervous when your plane starts to hit a patch of rough air, there are some ways to avoid avoid your brain jumping to the worst-case scenario. Is that you? Do you are you? No. Uh, yeah. Not, uh, I, the only time I used to get nervous was flying into Denver. Because on the approach, it's a mofo. when you're getting ready to yeah. land... You start hitting turbulence. Yeah, now, yeah. when you're hitting turbulence that low, when I'm up, when we're up high cruising, yeah. no big deal. Okay. Wait, why Denver? It's just every time I've flown, because the mountains or whatever reason. And it's prone to wind shear. Every time I've flown in there, it's a bumpy landing. Oh. Uh, so I get a little nervous because you're that mm-hmm. cl- look close to the ground. I think something could go wrong. Um, but um, and, and I'll tell you what, what relieved me of, of those issues uh, when I used to maybe get nervous back in the day, even when it would bounce around at cruising altitude. But Atlanta-based flight attendant Laura Nottingham says, first and foremost, understand that the airplane is designed to fly through turbulence. Nothing is wrong with the aircraft. <laughs> Pilots are highly trained professionals, and they know how to expertly handle turbulence. And that's one of the reasons. So I had a friend of mine who worked for the FAA and was a pilot, <clears throat> and I asked her about uh, violent turbulence uh, in you know passenger aircraft. And she and I, and I said, is there ever anything to worry about? She goes, man, she goes, those things are so structurally sound right. that they are made for that and you have absolutely nothing to worry about. It's, it's made See, for that. What I, yeah. what I think is, I don't think like the, the plane's going to explode because we're going through turbulence. Like What I think is it's going to get so rough that the pilot's going to lose control, which is also we're not... Pretty much. Elbows on the button. <laughs> um, but which is also not the case. I mean, essentially, those planes can fly themselves. Yeah, so, so, like, yeah. that's not really going to happen. I've right. been in um, many, when I was doing comedy, I was flying all over the place. And uh, I remember clearly one time seeing we were in turbulence that were so heavy that the, the, the plane dropped, the stewardess in the, in the aisle. Like became airborne mm-hmm. for yep. a second and, and fell down. I mean, it was like crazy. Oh, listen, there are there there are things that can happen yeah, yeah. like that, which is part of the reason why you're supposed to wear your seatbelt when you sit down yes. because there can be a sudden drop where oh, yeah. you right. know things are going to go flying. I had a friend who was on a plane; she was pregnant, <laughs> and the she said the plane took a nosedive. Like whatever happened, oh, they had oh. to get out of the situation, <laughs> yeah. and the pilot prepped them, and they like just went straight down. She goes, "I thought this is it. Like this is how I'm going to die, and I'm never going to have kids." Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was on a Delta. A flight that took a dramatic drop, uh, and I obviously 
here's why I did that. You know, uh, but uh, uh, it was, but again, at a certain point, it's like, like you it was saying, Press, if this is my time, there's nothing I can do to stop it. Oh, no, I'm not thinking like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Get me yeah, out of here. There's nothing I can do. It's I'd rather go out in a huge fuel explosion than choking to death on a on a goober in bed. Hey, by the way, so so the pilot came on and explained. He, I'm sure he gave what he thought was a satisfying explanation, but yeah. uh, I forget exactly what okay. it was. But it was one of those times, and I'll never forget. I could see that. I could see that cabin right now in my head. Wow. And 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 everyone was like. <laughs> So the uh, the flight attendant said there are various reasons turbulence occurs, wind, uh, changes in air, temperature, thunderstorms, et cetera. She thinks uh, learning about the science of turbulence is the best way to tackle your fears around it. Yeah, learn about it. Flight attendant Dominica Jimenez says that uh, she recommends slow, mindful breathing while in the air to combat anxiety. Is that slow, mindful that breathing? Is, yes, that's you've taken the course. That's what I do, though. I look at the flight attendants. If they look calm and fine, uh, we're good. Yep. Like, when they start to look worried, then we're in trouble. When the uh, captain calls the flight crew up to tell their loved ones into the black box <laughs> what they want to say that to happens them. In, that happened in, in, flight. in flight, doesn't it? It's yeah. one of the most powerful scenes oh I've my God. ever seen. He's like, say what you want to say. Yeah, say oh to your God, yeah. that's awful. Do you have, do you have, have a child? Tell, tell your child you love them. Yeah. Yeah. He's just... She's just talking to the What's regular the comms. Yeah. It's called Flight. It's Denzel Washington's oh, great right. movie. Yeah. Okay, okay. And he's like, say what you want to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, awful. Yep. And he's, he has the benefit of being drunk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so Nottingham uh, says other ways to deal with turbulence, including distracting yourself with books, music, or talking to another passenger. Hey! <laughs> are you as scared as I am? Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> Anybody else? Hey, I have to ask you a question. Are you as terrified as I am? Somebody really needs comforting next to Kathy and just shut up. Just shut up. Just keep your mouth shut. Leave me alone. I woke up one time on a flight home from Hawaii, and there was this giant, he was a big dude sitting next to me, and there was a lot of turbulence. Um, I was probably hungover, and so I was sleeping, and I woke up, and he was, like, clutched to my arm. And he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, well, I was. I was sleeping. Now oh, you're man. hanging off of me. What's going on here? So am I the only one in the room who actually kind of enjoys turbulence a little I, bit? No, I, I can I, be fun. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. actually, uh, some of my best rides were, ter- <laughs> it's, me, it's, like, it's roller coaster as Thank you. Yeah. A. Yeah. B, um, you see cool things sometimes in Storm. I got to see St. Elmo's Fire. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah. I know it freaks people out, but every now and then I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun one. You know, and it, like if it's not gonna, you know, crash the plane and kill me, I'm right, gonna yeah. enjoy this process. But and there's nothing you can do if right. it's going to. Exactly. On, on my last flight uh, back up from Florida, I saw a forest fire from the sky. Wow! Whoa. I took a picture of it. I was it was huh. pretty wild. I mean, oh, just last month. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it was clear what it was. It was very large. It wasn't like you know miles and miles, but it was big enough, and there was this huge hmm. plume that came. I'll show it to you guys in a little bit. It was pretty interesting. Oh. But <laughs> um, so you should. Uh, do what you can to remain calm if, if uh, turbulence uh, gets under your skin a little bit. Do you remember that classic uh, Odd Couple episode where they, uh, Oscar and Felix are on the plane and Felix is just terrified of everything? He's just, he's a terrible flyer. He looks out and the crew's, you know, loading the luggage and he goes, I just read his lips. He's, he said, I fear there's much trouble with the fuselage for a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say no, that one. No, he did not say that. All right. Uh, and- 
Only had time to clean out a couple of things. Should we take a break now or yeah. should I do one more? Yeah, uh-huh. we should take a break. Uh, don't worry, I got some other things that we're going to get to in due time uh, on this fine Friday, no sad bro program. So we'll come back in a second and we will get into the bizarre file. And also, since it's Friday, Froggy will serenade us. Yeah, uh, Foggy. Get us in, froggy. Uh, foggy Friday. Froggy, <laughs> foggy, froggy, froggy Friday. There we That's go. what it is. We'll be back in a moment. Hang in there. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Did you guys hear a rumbling in your head? I did. There? Yeah, yeah. What was that? I think it's Godzilla. I heard something way in the background it. there. It's like it's. Maybe because I was talking. Oh, maybe that was it. But um, I thought maybe it was the Friday song. Oh. Uh, and slowed down instead of sped up. Uh, but we have a different Friday's. I was talking about the, uh, oh, the, other the one. Bob okay. Dylan one. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, we could do it back to back. Yeah, Which let's do it. Do we like better? Casey, can you pull that up for me? Yes, this sir. is the new Friday song. Friday. Friday. <laughs> but you should play the original so people know why you yeah. did that. All right. Well. <laughs> Would you have to tweak it to do that? Um, Hang on. I don't I don't know. You know what? No. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, you're just going to. While you're playing the Froggy song, right. I'll, I'll tweak. Well, I'm going to start both of these at the same time and see what happens. Okay. All right. Oh, go back to it, Case. Uh, okay. Hang uh, on. Just let me. Let me do this real quick. Here we go. Casey's going to undo... Okay, here you go. This is the original. Yeah. And, and so Casey was just going through trying to find something to play for Friday and found this little <laughs> song from Bob Dylan. And we were listening to him. We're like, this sounds like oh. death. Yeah. And this was it. It's Friday. Friday. I actually, I think I need to undo one more edit there. Because it was still... It was, yeah, it was picked up. To party. Yeah. Right. It's like if you have the worst weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get down on Friday. Yeah. No. Get together with the girls and have mojitos. There you go. Much better. There you go. We fixed it. So they made it better. Much better. All right. Let's do the Bizarre Files. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. 
Brought to you this morning by Jersey Mike's Day of Giving. It is your time to shine for the participants of the Special Olympics USA Games. You can grab a sub on Wednesday, March 30th. And all sales are going to be donated to the games. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Listen to this, man. A Wisconsin dentist was found guilty of health care fraud and other charges after he intentionally damaged his patient's teeth to boost profits, raking in millions from his scheme. What a scumbag. So what would he do to the teeth? So Scott Charmoli was convicted of five counts of health care fraud, two counts of making false claims about his client's treatment last Thursday. With this sentencing uh, scheduled for June... Uh, Carmoli faces up to 10 years for each health care fraud charge as a maximum of five years for each of the other two charges. Prosecutors say that Carmoli had uh, or Charmoli had routinely drilled or broken his client's teeth on purpose, charging them for additional treatment services to fix the damage he had just done. As a result, Charmoli's profits ballooned, with the dentist going from making $1.4 million and installing 434 crowns in 2014 to making $2.5 million in 2015, installing over 1,000 crowns. So intentionally yep. screwing up teeth yep. to charge to repair the teeth he ruined. That is correct. So according to prosecutors... Oh, stop it. In 2015, uh, Tramoli began pressuring his clients into getting unnecessary crowns, a dental procedure where a tooth-shaped cap is placed in a dam- on a damaged tooth. Uh, Tramoli would drill or break his client's teeth and then send x-rays of the intentional damage to insurance as before photos to justify the crown procedures. Wow. One client, a guy named Todd Tedeschi, uh, testified that uh, Charmoli pressured him into getting two crowns in one appointment, despite Tedeschi believing that his teeth were fine. He said it seemed excessive, but I didn't know any better. I mean, he's the professional, and I trusted him. Some of the patients that Charmoli badgered into unnecessary procedures were also vulnerable, the prosecutor said. Some of the patients, according to them, said were uh, extremely vulnerable individuals in abusive relationships, recently widowed, survivors of cancer, living paycheck to paycheck, scrounging to afford the co-pays requiring for the unnecessary procedures that he was billing. He's a vulture. So between 2016 and 2019, Charmoli billed more than $4.2 million for crowns, performing more crowns in than 95% of dentists in the state during that time. He didn't think they were red flag? According to testimony from an insurance company executive, while an average Wisconsin dentist performs fewer than six crowns for every 100 patients, Charmoli's rate exceeded more than 32 crowns per 100 patients. So, dude's going to go to jail. Yes, he deserves to. Jail. All right, uh, I love this story. A cabinet minister who visited the Queen the day after the verdict of the inquest into the death of Diana, Princess of Wales, accidentally ate biscuits meant for Her Majesty's corgis, according to a new book. He was eating dog treats. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, I told you the story one time. I put out Gaines Burgers at a party to see if anybody would uh, sample, and they did. Alan Johnson, the then health secretary, revealed how he had inadvertently munched on the dog food following a meal at Windsor Castle the day after Diana's inquest. So according to Queen of Our Times, the latest book by former Daily Telegraph journalist Robert Hardman, uh, the former Labor MP had no idea he had been eating dog biscuits until he was until he left the lunch with Paul Murphy, then the Welsh Secretary. 
In the book, it said the two cabinet ministers left in high spirits. We were waiting for our cars, and Paul said, what a wonderful meal. And I said, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Mm-hmm. As they discussed the food, Johnson mentioned that he had particularly enjoyed the cheese and unusual dark biscuits. <laughs> Paul said, no, the dark, biscuit, the dark biscuits were meant for the corgis. <laughs> At that point, Alan Johnson's eternal amusement had suddenly dawned on him that he had been munching away on dog treats. He said, I don't think I'd, I'd had the cheese with a uh, bonio biscuit before. The ministers had both attended a privy council meeting before being invited to stay for lunch by the Queen. And describing how the uh, he and Mr. Murphy were seated at either side of the Queen... Uh, at the other end of the table was full up with army people, he said. They had an easygoing chat over drinks in the grand reception room before it became more even lively, livelier at the table. And he said, at lunch, we had a whale of a time. She was good company. It was as if you'd known her for years. Obviously, there were the caveats of you understood, don't put your arm on the, on the queen right. and so on. Don't fart. Uh, but he said that uh, it was perfectly natural and fun. The informality continued right to the end as the queen chatted and fed snacks to her corgis at the same time. And oh he had God. to eat a few of them. So the treats were up on the table. Yes, I guess so. Mm-hmm. You expect that to happen then. Burlington, uh, a Burlington County man accused of running a multi-state counterfeit money scheme has been sentenced to five years in prison. Hollis Forteau of Willingboro Township pleaded guilty to a single charge of conspiracy to possess counterfeit currency as part of a deal with prosecutors. Listen to what he did. <clears throat> Forteau made counterfeit $100 bills by printing images of $100 bills onto $1 bills that he had bleached. Wait a wow. second. We talked about something like this. You brought it up, well, No, you? no, no. Um, Jack Reacher. That the Reacher, that, that's the whole... I'm sorry. I don't know if I ruined it. No, 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 no. You're right. But didn't you suggest... Couldn't you... I thought you'd said something similar. <laughs> that sounds way too smart for me. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. That, that's that, Because the, the bills are the same size. Mm-hmm. That's ingenious. The process was meant to make the bills appear genuine, even if a clerk tested them with a counterfeit detection pen. Between December 2019 and January 2020, Forteau led at least six co-conspirators on two trips to Virginia where the group bought products with the counterfeit bills and later exchanged of real money at another location. The group avoided stores with bill scanners uh, because technology would have identified Forteau's bills as fake. He did not go into the stores but instead directed the others to go and he took a cut of their profits. Uh, he bought a he brought a laptop and printer purchased with wow. counterfeit money so that he could ensure wow. a consistent flow of counterfeit bills. Uh, it's insane. Yeah. Off a laptop. You're right, Case. Uh, yeah. Not to get... Yeah, watch Reacher if you want to see something but that pertains to this. Also, you know, like with the newer bills, they have those strips in them. So if you use the older bills that didn't have strips, you know, you, you can get away with that a little have, bit have more. They, have they busted that? Uh, how, uh, how often do they bring bills out of circulation? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, how, you, you can't, right? Once they're out. So Forto was arrested in Philadelphia after the U.S. Secret Service found a video of him throwing $1 bills in the air with a printer visible in the background on social media. <laughs> uh, he had 29 bleached $1 bills, a single counterfeit $100 bill, and several ink cartridges when he was arrested. Investigators later found another 110 counterfeit $100 bills in a car that he was renting. So You got to have some balls on you to do that. Yeah. He right. decided to post that, did he? Uh, yeah. yeah, right? Okay. Exactly. Hey, guys. Look what I did. And I'm a counterfeiter. That's <laughs> what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, we're going to take a break. Is uh, Donnell Rawlings going to be joining us next? Yes. Excellent. Looking forward to that. We have an in-studio guest, and a lot of his shows have sold out for Helion. So when we get back, I'll tell you which ones you can get tickets to. Awesome. And he'll be with us. We'll be back in a moment. Make sure you stay with us. 
Young Steve Morrison took a trip to the zoo. The events that transpired changed him forever. No, Mother! Are you Louis Rosen, Mother? Watch this tragedy unfold on the latest Daily Rush. Our next guest has got sold-out shows at Helium Comedy Club. There's a couple here and there. Friday, 7.30 show is sold out, so that means you can get to the 10 o'clock, though. Saturday, completely sold out. Sunday, there is a 7 p.m. show, but these tickets are going to go. Absolutely. You want to get them now at heliumcomedy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Donnell Rawlings. Yeah. You know what's so funny? You said sold out because the way people edit stuff nowadays... They're going to take that out of context. You're like, our next guest sold out for his people. You know, they're going to have this whole thing. Like, yeah, man. See, that's what's mad. That's what happened to you when you start hanging out with the white people. I'm sold out. They're going to screw it up. This is going to be all messed up, man. Welcome back to Philadelphia. Thanks. And I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but I really wanted to do this. Mm. Yeah. And then I didn't come by here this morning. Yeah, come by because, you know, after the last couple of years, uh, we lived in in a world where all interviews were Zoom. Yep. Yeah. You have the static reception and everything. And then when my publicist uh, called me, it was like they gave me my press list. I was like, no, we're supposed to do a Zoom. I was like, I don't want to do the Zoom. He thought I was being arrogant. Oh. (laughs) Like, I was too good for you. I was like, no, I want to go in the studio. Yeah. Because if I'm going to have COVID, this whole room is going to get COVID. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just joking. But it, it felt like maybe I'm a weirdo, but. I come from a world, I used to do morning radio, and I really enjoyed, like, waking up, making people laugh. The first thing I hear is you and the uh, radio, and then you guys are so dope. I said, I want to go up here and oh. see the crew and come up here and talk to them. No, you, you awesome. used to radio for a long time, and, and you're doing, you got your podcast. I got fired a lot, so I don't know what is a long time. <laughs> Let me say, you're nobody in radio unless you've been fired three times, All right? right? Yeah. That's what they say. I got two and a half. Let yeah. me ask you, uh, <laughs> any any really good firing stories? Did, did you do anything that got you fired, or was it a change of format thing? I mean, if you really want to hear that, you can subscribe to my YouTube page. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was... I was, uh, how did I get fired? Because a lot of times what happens in radio is they yeah, change it was format. It I was got thrown under the bus on one station. I got thrown under the bus. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. And I'm not going to say the name Ed Lover. This was a time when, like, this, like things were getting sensitive on radio. Yeah. And it was like, I remember our program director, I'm not going to say her name, Helen Little. Um, <laughs> I mean, did we, did we, did we, did we dump that? No, yeah, yeah, we dumped it. I mean, we dumped it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. It was a thing come down, like, they didn't want to take any chances with things. It was like, well, if you come, because I was writing the bits, the, yeah. you know, the, the benchmark bits and everything like that. Okay. And it was like, if you, it has to be, whatever you do, it has to be approved through the producer first. Right. We couldn't just put it on ourselves. It had to go through her. That way, if something went wrong, if it was something that people got in trouble with, it would be the producer's fault, not right. our fault. Right. So I wrote this um this sketch. Remember the uh, show, um, You Think You're Funnier Than a, um, a, a Fifth Grader? Oh, You yeah. Think You're Smarter right. Than a Fifth Grader. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I said, do you think you're smarter than a lot of things? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Jamaican worker. <laughs> like, I did I did everything. Right. You think you're smarter than a white guy. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got to think you're smarter than an Asian dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They write a, they write a lot of letters. Oh, uh, okay. okay. And people read their letters, right? Yeah, yeah. And you caught so, a lot of crap. And I, I caught it. Uh, I caught the crap for yeah. it, but it wasn't supposed to be me. It was supposed to be. Um, I really did forget her name, Sarah. Forget <laughs> 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 her last name. But it was supposed to go to her. Yeah. But they didn't hold me down. Do you know? And what I did- was like. I was out. But the, the arrangement here is we have a whole we have a couple of dump buttons and, and we just say to our, our program director and, and our uh, uh, assistant program director, 
We'll say it. You dump it. If you make the call, that's fine. Right. I, I, I don't mind that. But when you when you have to always double think something, it's going to really stall everything. It stalls everything. It's the yeah. same thing with stand-up yeah. comedy now. Yeah. You know, I, I get the question all the time. Do you think, uh, how do you feel about cancel culture? I don't believe it. I think there's a couple of people upset about something. And we're giving that small percentage too much attention. Too much oxygen. I see you're, you're out and about. I see you. You're, you're, you're doing tons of stuff. I can't stop. I'm yeah. like, but I think that might be a mental situation, too. Yeah. Are you a workaholic? They say, no, they say sometimes people that put too much work in it always have to do something. But nowadays, you can be diagnosed with some type of mental illness for anything. You know what I mean? You sure. usually put uh, uh, like a sweetener and you use sugar the next day. Like, oh, he's suffering from. <laughs> I'm not suffering from something. I just wanted sugar today. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I think cancer culture, I think my personal opinion, I think it's garbage. Yes. Especially when it applies to uh, this work that you guys do. Right. The work that I do as a stand-up. I believe now in the world of being able to Google somebody, it's easy, especially with comedy. You could Google somebody and kind of get a sense of their style of comedy, what they're talking about. You don't have to go to the show to be shocked. You make your just you make your choices on what you want to do after well, that. Look at you. Look at the show. You you're selling out shows. I'm not going to call you a sellout just in case people. Uh, <laughs> but so your fan base knows what you're about, and right. then and, and they show up, and that's. I mean, you've you've been in the business for a long time. Like, thirty years, close to thirty years. You were in the you were in the Air Force, right? For, yeah, early four on. years. When, when did you when did you make that transition? When did you make it was that probably call? two years after I got out of the military. Um, I was a and people never believe this. I was a police officer in the United States Air Force. Yeah, the worst cop you ever <laughs> encounter. I think I made one arrest, and it was because a uh, a young lady came through the gate. Let's just say I enjoyed the top she had on. Okay, <laughs> and I pulled her over with no car. I was just like, we're here. I was like, I was like, you got to pull over. But I was a cop, and then in the military, whatever you're trained in the military, for the most part, that's what you do when you get out. That's what you know. Right. And I was waiting to be a DC police. Officer, I had taken a test. I was waiting for the psycho- psychological part of it. You know, yeah, the profile, crazy exam, yeah. whatever. And um, I used to, uh, I was head of security for this grocery store. I'm probably skipping all over the place, right? It was no, it's no problem. And um, we said it was a guy that worked for Hostess Cupcake Company. He was a uh, he worked a regular job in a day, and then he was did stand up at night. And he would come through and give out tickets to the show. So he invited me and a couple of coworkers, and I started going to a comedy club, right, just for fun. And I started heckling a comedian, and I started, I, I became a nice heckler. <laughs> like, I started drawing an audience. People started like, yo, is that uh, that a-hole dude going to be in the front row? <laughs> we want him to ruin somebody else's career. Yeah. And in most cases, when it's that situation, because most hecklers are people who want to do comedy but don't have the heart to do it. Right. So the club usually shut it down. I'm like, okay, why don't you go up? Um, they invited me on stage. I didn't go on the first time they asked me to do it. Second time I went on. I caught a standing O. Wow. The first time I... But I think it wasn't because I was super, super funny. I think it was because the people that started coming, they started seeing the birth of a comedian. They Mm. wanted me. There was nothing else I could do as a heckler. Right. And they were supportive of me. And when I went, I think it all came together. And uh, 30 years later, I never looked back. In hindsight, what do do you think about... Being a heckler, I mean, you, do you feel a little bit, you know, about about the comedians that you were kind of? Yeah, well, once I once I went on stage and I had to feel trying to command an audience, st- stand there and get them to laugh. Once I felt that, I was like, 
I, I hate hecklers. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. Let me I see it from the other side. Yeah, see it from the other side. You know, Patrice had a, uh, Patrice O'Neill had a similar story. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He, uh, right? right. Classic. He, he said, just, "Come on up here and try uh, it." And, and, well, Patrice and, was an a hole. And you laugh because y'all knew it's true. But he was respectable. He was a genius. But he was an a hole. And that's what made his comedy. He's one so of the funniest pure. people I've ever. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. He was. We were with the same management for years. And when I'm saying, I'm not saying it as a diss or anything. No, I know. Some people just have that type of personality. Yeah. He didn't care what he said. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to change his thoughts or anything. He was creative. He was a funny guy. You know, like I've, every time you hear about cancel culture, you're like, "Well, what would have Patrice O'Neill been doing now? He would have been canceled." Right. Yeah. 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 But he would. He'd have been canceled from maybe corporations or whatever. And Chappelle said this: "I don't work for like any company." I work for you, the people that pay money to come to your show. Hmm. You know, and that's why people's like, Donnell, you think you'd be canceled? Yeah, I could be canceled. Maybe I won't do anything for NBC. Maybe I won't do this Disney picture, whatever. But for me, that's what's been paying me my entire career. The most important people are those of the fans. I mean, you can't take that from anybody. Donnell, we were talking about this the, the other day. You, you have you have people like, um, you know, who, who have much larger audience larger audiences for their podcasts or their streaming shows or for even us, you know, regular terrestrial radio, that is, that'll be a larger audience than a network television show. Man, let me explain something. I tell that, I do a lot of shows and people always say, Daniel, what's next for you? And I'm not blowing my own, toot my own horn, but I am right now. I've got a lot of good things going on. But the thing that I feel more passionate about, excited about is building my podcast base. You enjoy it? I'm, I'm, I'm really having a good time because I'm my own boss. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to listen to anybody. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And I know in some cases, like, this business you got, this yeah. is a multi-million dollar business. So you can, people can say, well, I want to say what I want whenever I want. But everybody is responsible for somebody else getting paid. Yeah. So your consideration is different from mine. I'm starting right. my podcast from ground zero. And I'm taking it one subscriber at a time. You can't tell me what to do. I empower myself if I can make this podcast work. And Joe Rogan, he, um, years ago, maybe like five years ago, and I got a young son, a six-year-old son, right? And I've been a road rat almost my whole career. And I was like, man, it's getting kind of old now. Not because I don't enjoy doing the road, but it's less time I get to spend with my son. Yeah, it takes its toll. It takes its toll. So I said, I'm going to. I told Joe, I said, man, I got to I gotta reintroduce myself to Hollywood. I don't make money in Hollywood. I want to make money here so I can spend my time with my son. He was like, just start a podcast. Yeah. He said it so simple. like, And yeah. I'm saying to myself, a lot of black people don't know the world of podcasts, right? Mm, yeah. First thing I said, man, ain't no money in no damn podcast, right? <laughs> and then I Googled him on law. I was like, Dang, uh, uh, Joe, let's do the podcast. <laughs> I was like, I think it's time for a podcast. Here's right? the thing, though, and you know this, and it's the truth. It's, it's, it's the truth. We talk about it often on this show is that, that original cluster that got to it early, your Adam Carollas, your Joe yeah. Rogans, the, the people who got in on it and started to make it work, they cornered it, and there's a, there's a tremendous amount of podcasts out there. 100%. But you bring you bring your audience that knows you from Chappelle and knows you from your stand-up and knows from your years and what you do. I've, I've spoken on this before. I was like, everybody wants to be Joe Rogan yeah. today. Yeah. They didn't want to be him. 20 years ago when he first started, mm-hmm. when everybody's like, what the heck is this? Right, yeah. What are you doing? When he had to put the long hours in, when he had to build a relationship, when he had to put the right team together. And I do I, I do agree. There are a lot of podcasts, and that was kind of my reservation. I was like, everybody got a podcast. I'm like, but everybody's not Donnell. 
Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's the individual that makes the podcast. And if you hyper focus on 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 your uh, your voice, right. and, and then that's it. You're not. You may not get Rogan money, but it can it can work for you. Also, it. It, you promote your shows and all that stuff. And, it's a, it, even like I was saying to myself, I see uh, a lot of comics out here and not compare like uh, levels of talent, but I'm like, okay, that person is okay. How are they doing? <laughs> right. These theaters, 5,000. Hmm. But it's something about that podcast audience. They're very loyal. Who, you who, know, you like Tom Segura, these guys, yeah. um, Bert Kreischer, all these guys are good friends of mine, but they have this network. They support each other. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why when everybody was trying to, when Joe... Rogan had this situation where yeah. everyone you call it, everybody's asking me, Donovan, how do you feel about it? I was like, it's a tough one for me because what you're trying to make him to be, I don't know that person. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know that person. Yeah. Do we have, does he have a following of people that probably, uh, not people that you would hang out with or right. understand their views. Probably so. Everybody has different people from different walks of life, whatever. I said, but I know him as a guy that supported me. I know him as a guy that encouraged me to get in podcasts. And I know him around his comedy friends. I know him around other black people and everything. I don't know that. But the minute I say it, like, oh, you sell out. Just like you called me a sellout. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, they was right. Yeah. You are a sellout. That's you know a, that's a, that's, that is an important thing. That snippet taken out of context. And, and like with you, and I see you, you you popped up for a while there. You were popping up on TMZ a lot. Like yeah. they, they were coming to you a two, lot. It's two, two Donnell on TMZs, okay? I want to be clear. Yeah. It's the daytime TMZ interview. <laughs> and those are always good. You know what I'm saying? The second I see you, she's doing great. Yeah. And then it's that 3 o'clock in the morning, ass, 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 ass. So I don't know. You can pull up either one. I like them both. Yeah, yeah, they're both great. Yeah. And then the thing is, people want to be critical of me. I'm like, what am I walking out of? I'm walking out of a goddamn going nightclub yeah. at 2.30 in the morning. I'm supposed to be lit. Yeah. 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 And yo, but only, I, I can see if I came out of church. Right. Yo, yo Donnell was lit coming out of church, man. But I'm coming out of daggone comedy club. Oh, I remember one time I did it, and this was the funniest one. I remember one time I I was so lit that the camera, the TMZ camera dude, turned his camera off. Uh, no kidding. You know, they got the old school camera yeah. to slide the monitor slide off. Right, right, yeah. He just closed it. All you heard was like, okay, Dono, just go home. <laughs> And this was right, I remember one of the guys, this was a class one, it was when Harvey Weinstein was going through his his situation. So they said, Donnell, they had the camera, and then when they come out, they have the camera like right in your face. Donnell, so how do you feel about Harvey Weinstein? Will he ever work in Hollywood again? I said, no. (laughs) Wait. I mean, yes. <laughs> and you can see the camera shake like, all right, do tell. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he will. They said, well, I said, and this is, well, you guys can't get fired. I can't get canceled, so I'm going to tell a joke. <laughs> so I said, because uh, he's a Stein. Yeah. And he was like, ah. Mm. They said, what do you mean by that? I said, Jutan clan ain't nothing to F with, right? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> and that, that was it. Harvey personally called me. Donnell, are you, what is that, semantic? What is it? Anti-Semitic. I was like, I don't even know. See, I don't even know what it is, so I can't be it. I was like, it was a joke. Jew Tank Clan ain't. So what you're trying to say is that I said what I said. You know? I did did you remember it. saying it? Yeah, I remember saying it. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
And it was funny. <laughs> I mean, you like. You, I mean, it was funny. I'm yeah. I'm from the world of funny first. I'm not going to edit myself. Yeah. And then here's the thing: when you try to make people to be this person, first off, you got to check their resume. You got to f- understand what their character is. Take Sometimes the people say things, you know, uh, that what they think was funny may not turn out to be funny. But right. you don't have no history of me being. Racist, anti-Semitic, or anything right. like that. So if I say a couple of words of a joke, and you want to put my whole career up and say, "Get out of here," it's just crazy, man. It seems though, uh, you, you know, you're you're people love you. They love you on stage. They lo- they love your deal. It's, it doesn't seem like you've had to deal with it a lot. Are we missing something? That's no, uh, I don't. I mean, I deal with it, but I I just keep it moving. Yeah, I also understand that, you know, <clears throat> I, I I know I can't focus. It's, it's, it's so easy for us to want to focus on a small percentage. You also, the average stand-up comic, you could be in front of a thousand people, right? And uh, you got nine hundred and ninety-nine people laughing. One person not laughing. Yeah, we'll put our complete attention on getting that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So I had to. Learn, it's, it's the nature, right? It's the, it's the nature of it, and I had to learn like you got to focus on the people that enjoy you. That understand you and not put too much time into the people that that want to ruin you. Or really, for the most part, don't even care about you. With your with your podcast, who who I, you've had Steve O on. I had Steve on when I first started podcast. One thing I was slightly a little discouraged because I hate asking people for stuff. Yeah. I hate calling, and I know mm-hmm. that that I know comics and people like, oh God, here's he gonna come, gonna ask me to be on this podcast. So I kind of wanted mine to be. Some more like the Bill Burr style. Yeah. And it was just me. That way I don't have to worry about booking guests. And then if people are interested in me, they're going to come for me. And maybe I'll spring a little celebrity guest out there every once in a while. But um, I don't do a lot of guests. It's just me and somebody just to bounce off. Right. I had a very good... I, it was a funny interview with um, Chaz Palmentary. We've had him on. Oh, he's yeah. he's awesome. But let me tell you why he's an a-hole, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'll explain it. So... We were doing a podcast swap. Like, we yeah. we out. We have the same guy that books our ads, whatever. So, you know how it is. Like, you do mine, I'll do yours. Right. <clears throat> so, I was going to do his. He was going to do my podcast. So, when I met him, I'm like, I don't know. Every black person I know loves that dude. We, it's something about that mafia, that that gangster energy. And he's great. Energy, right? Yeah. So, he's like, okay, Donnell, I've been studying. This is probably a horrible um, impression. <laughs> 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 He was like, um, I'm going to, ha- I'm, I'm, I've been, you're a funny guy. Um, I'm going to tee you up. Uh, I'm going to set you up for your jokes because I want, in my podcast, I want you to be the star. I want you to win. And then he said, and my fans aren't going to know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I called him a racist, right? To his face. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He was like, D-. and he looked at me like, they're not going to know who you are. And I was like, I don't know if he knows the net that Chappelle show yeah, right? covered or whatever. It was a part of pop culture. It's everywhere. Right? Yeah. So I said, hmm, they're not gonna know who I am. He said, no, I said, and I know he has a son. I was like, yeah. how old is your son? He said, Dante is what, 25, 26. And when you mention his dad, when he mentions his son, you could just see his face light up to right. like, ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right? I was like, okay. I was like, I guarantee I bet you fifty dollars <laughs> that when your son sees me he says, oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. I said, I bet you another five hundred dollars <laughs> that he wants to take a picture. And he looked at me like, <laughs> 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 like 
Like, he looked at me like, easy money in the bank. He had this sinister look. I could see him just rub his hands like, oh, I'm about to get this black dude's money. So, and, it, and he was really pushing it because it was time the podcast was over. And he was talking to his son on the phone. And he's looking at me in my face. He's like, he's like, hey, Dante. Because he wasn't going to come. He said, come inside. He didn't say he wants you to meet anybody. Right. He just said, come inside. And I'm like, oh, you really want to do this, right? <laughs> so his son's come up. His son comes in. The first thing his son says is, oh, ish. <laughs> I said, that's $50. <laughs> and then he said, <laughs> and then he said, can I take a picture? I said, that's $5.50. <laughs> I said, the only way I'm going to take it is if your father takes a picture. Nice. And um, it was so, like, I, I grew up. Watching his movies. Yeah. Are you a fan of a, just a, Bronx Town? Oh, my God. It's, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. I, I mean, mean, my favorite part of that was, like, the common man's, a, um, the, the working man's a sucker. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I was wondering, because I didn't, I I would, uh, wasn't really connected with him as the writer of that. I was connected with the story of him being in it. Right. But just having, listening to him and where he came from and how he didn't get caught up in the whole gangster stuff. And, yeah. And just it's to his hear own story. Someone that's, I know, and I didn't yeah. even know, I didn't even, most people don't even know, yeah. it started as a one-man show. Yep, yeah. Where mm-hmm. he plays like nine or ten different characters. Mm-hmm. I was like, how do you do that? Yep. You know, but it just, and when I talked to him and I talked to him about the most important things in life and what I got from him, it was like him being a father. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that meant so much to him and be able to like you looking at this guy that you 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 grew up watching as like notorious and he'll kill you, whatever. Then you look like he cares about Mm. Just being a dad. Well, that comes, that comes yeah. through in, in, in the story, too, because De Niro playing basically his right. his father saying, you know, well, I may not be the flashy guy, but I, I go to work, I do my, um, you know, I'm, and I'm doing it within the parameters. But yet, you know, his his character, Chaz's character, is 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 also a, a father figure to the boy as well. Exactly. And so you're, you're kind of torn. It's because, and that's where in so many communities, you have, like, especially where I'm from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a black community, a lot of times, we look up to people that people say, why are you looking up to this person? You know what I'm saying? The pimp, the drug dealer, whatever. Because sometimes our community, we don't see a lot of success. Right. Yeah. So whatever we see success from, that's what we gravitate right. to. Right, whatever version of success exactly. that might be. Yeah. Yep. If you're just tuning in, Donnell Rawlings is who we're talking to. He's going to be at uh, Helium uh, Comedy Club. A lot of the shows are sold out. Saturday sold out, but there's a show Friday and Sunday. Another movie I want to ask you about you are in. Talk about a, a, a movie that, that uh, is touching and, and kind of hits you right in the heart. Uh, was the movie Soul. Oh, my goodness. So you voiced Dez. Right. Uh, the Barber. The Barber. Crazy thing, the last four or five years of my career, all the acting work I've I've, I've received, none of it's been from an audition. It's always been somebody saying somebody we want Somebody said we guy. want him. Well, they know you. You got a real distinct they know voice, you too. I, I don't connect with yeah. my celebrity or my star, if you want to say. You right. Know, I never, people like to, do you know who you are? I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I never yeah, know from DC. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The dude, that, the sellout dude from around the corner. Right? <laughs> but I never really connect with it, uh-huh. you know. But when I got that role, man, my the thing I was more excited about is that it was a Pixar thing, and my son finally was going to really understand what I did for a living. Right, that's wild. My son thinks I am. Out of all the things I've done, nothing mattered until I was on Soul. Wow. Nothing mattered until his dad was in uh-huh. a film that was a Happy Meal. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, I made Happy Meal status, bro. And my son told me one time, and he knew it. He was like, that he had, because I don't really su- 
tell him to do a lot of McDonald's. Yeah. But when your father's in the film, like he he was getting damn near three Happy Meals a week. <laughs> <laughs> like he was like, Daddy, he wouldn't even call it Happy Meal. He was like, Daddy, can I get you a meal? Your uh, meal. And then one day, and I knew it was, it came to an end finally. He one day he said, he said, Daddy, I wasn't too happy about my meal today. <laughs> I was like, what happened? He said, uh, they didn't have soul toy. The soul toy. Yeah. So he was done with it. He was done with it, yeah. yeah. But it was like, I've been lucky enough my career that I don't star in a lot of stuff. I'll get like a minute here, like 30 seconds here, one scene here. And I'll always say, you never know what's going to happen next time, so you you go hard. Mm -hmm. But that scene was such a transition of the storyline. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's then, a huge part of the story. Huge. And then uh, for it to be like first time Pixar Disney had a cast, it was like 95% black. You know, it was just it was an amazing experience. The only thing that was unfortunate about it was that I would have loved to see it in the theaters. But, you know, because of the yeah, pandemic, right. they had it in the, on the shelf. Like, what are we going to do with it? And um, but it broke all type of um streaming records coming out on. Uh, it's a great Plus movie, and and, yeah. and it's what's what's interesting and about acting in it. It was one of the questions I have is you know it's uh, some of these these animated films like uh, Inside Out and and Soul are really they they're really emotionally impactful. But you as an actor are you know you're just in a booth with a microphone. And really, it takes a whole bunch of different uh, people and processes to make the whole thing happen. Well, I mean, that's, that's true with any movie, but... But in particular to that, because you think, like, oh, it's easy to do voice acting, but you have to really be into it. But the level of that, like, I went to uh, Berkeley, where, um, wherever the... Uh, the uh, the recording is the, the, stu the stu main studio. Uh, it wasn't Burbank. It's part of Northern California. Right? Okay, okay. But this, when I went there, it's the big boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I went up there, and it's like I had a lunch with these guys, and it was like nine guys. And those are the guys when you hear them like, and winner for best picture. You know, all them older dudes you see come up with the tuxes. All of those guys are there. We've right? had we've had many of them in. So many of them have come through here. You know, in the studios. We, we we've you know uh, sort of a at least a familiarity and a, and a quasi friendship with them. Uh, and the thing is, is that they work in, and Donnell, you can echo this. They work on those movies for like five years. Yeah. It, it takes oh my forever. god! It like the detail they put into yeah. it. Like even with uh, this one, uh, Pete Doctor, he was. We were talking about, I was looking at these images, and there was Althea, whatever, the black lady with the bush. Yeah. And I, before they even said anything, I stopped. They showed me a picture, and I said, I want to touch her hair. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And they looked at me like, you notice, right? Like, I, 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 how authentic it was. Yeah. And I was like, man, I mean, I deal with the, the chicks with the weave and everything. I say, but there's nothing better <laughs> than a nice clean bush where you can touch a chick's scalp. You don't have to run into no no tracks or anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? No railroad crossings or any of that, right? And they they, under, they 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 appreciate the detail of it, but when I went in, like people don't even with regular acting, you only see the person on the screen, right? You don't see 150 to 200 people mm -hmm. behind it. Yep. Right. You don't see the craft services. You don't mm -hmm. see the sound guy. You don't see the boom. You don't see that. You just see pretty much the final product. And when I did, I had to go in this room with, the, I mean, their studio. It's like this big space. Yeah. And they got like microphones and like they hit buttons for your script. 
<laughs> you know, like, it's like, oh, man, just not like old school in the bathroom. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. they kept calling me Mr. Rawlings. I was like, oh, man, I can't lose this job. <laughs> and, like, and then I was squint. They were like, you need um some readers? Did a little robot come in here? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it is, like, the pressure, because it's like, it was like eight people in front of a desk in front of me, right? Then on the left side, it was another room with eight more people. Mm. Recording. Uh, recording. And then there was another, the, the glass window where they act like, you know, you know it's like the police glass yeah. thing. Like, <laughs> hey! Interrogation. Yeah. Uh, and it's like that. And you got to, and it's like an action, and you got to get into it. They're yeah. yelling free lunch. I mean, so you're reading the script, but then they're, can you give it to us this way? Can you give it to us that way, right? Yeah, they always want to, they get, they, you do it one way, then you got alt lines or whatever, right? But for me, like, I'm not trained in that. So for me, when I do it, I, I have to, I got to keep doing it to get a rhythm. And once I get a rhythm, I'll do it one version and then another version. But they were really, like, really supportive on, I'm not a professional voice actor. Well, you're, you're damn like, good. I mean, and that's, and also, by the way, that's, but I can take direction, too. I'm like, just yeah. help me get to what we need. And in those cases, they're not going to let you um, leave without getting it right. 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 Hey, can yeah. I jump in here? I want to ask about, because you're in this, um, the winning time. Right. And I watched the first episode of that. I, I don't necessarily know if I recall seeing you in the first episode. I wasn't. I was in the okay. second. I come in the second. You're in like three different episodes. Yeah, so I'm you in, work uh, with Adam McKay, yeah. who's a friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, so dope, man. Yeah. I, yo, I keep, I, I'm like, I get these projects and I'm like, I don't really think anything up because I don't connect with all the big names. It's mm. like, and then I'm like, oh man, you is that, is that part better of for you? Again. Is, yeah. that, is that is that? I better? don't connect with Hollywood, so yeah. you don't you don't get all like torqued up and nervous, or, like you're. No, if I knew half the people's names of what I work with, I would be in trouble. <laughs> Yo, this, you know, I just this show is, like it's slick, man. It's so dope because when you if you think about it, the way it's so interesting because the way they promote it for some reason. When you like uh, the winning team, you think it's going to be like it's a drama, especially because of some of the things that Magic Johnson went through. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then when you realize that this has a very funny undertone, you know, and as much as people want to speak on uh, Magic Johnson's character, I think um, Jerry Buss is the most interesting oh, yeah. character. A lot of people don't know the backstory of the Lakers, of how he acquired the team and everything. I think they did a great job. You know, this is the job. movie, by the way. So so Adam, and, and he's been very candid about it, and Will Ferrell were good friends and obviously worked split, together a lot. Yeah. But this is actually what split them because right. Will Ferrell wanted the John C. Riley role, and Adam felt that, you know, uh, John C. Riley. Right. Yeah. I don't, you know, now when I look at it, and I, and I, I can understand um, both sides of it. Yeah. Um, Will probably was like, I can... I know you probably used to see him a certain way. Right. But, you know, certain actors like this, I want to do something that flips the perception or right. what I can do. Right. And then, you know, when you get to that level right there where friendship is one thing, but then it's like this, what you think is the best situation for this project in particular. And um, they did a great job with it, man. I was, again, lucky enough to be, I play um, Mr. Earl, um, Mad, Matt Johnson, Magic Johnson's father's good friend that works in a power plant. Okay? Yeah. I'm uh, with Joe Epito. Okay. He's one of the uh, guys I hang out with in Earthquake. And it was just like, I don't, like, film and TV, I don't really support myself. So I need to support myself off of that. So anytime I get a gig, I'm happy because it's like just having fun. But this that show is going to be huge. People yeah. People starting to get, get onto it, it's going to be huge. 
This and is... it's already got picked up for another season. Oh, that's actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, the way it started out, I, I thought it was oh, oh, this is this is going to be a pretty dramatic. And then and then Adam did his thing that he does, and this kid that's playing Jerry magic. West character. No, no, but uh-huh. Quincy Isaiah, the kid who's playing yeah. Magic. Uh-huh. Dude, he's like it's like his twin. It's like but you know his... what? It's so funny because you see one thing. Mm-hmm. That dude is like five nine. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? That dude is five nine, bro. I saw him. I saw him at the uh, at the premiere. I was I was looking right in his eyes. <laughs> he got those big ass platform shoes. And he was just walking around. That I was looking right in his eyes. Yeah, I'll post you up, Magic. <laughs> yeah, but they did a great job of casting for that. My man Rob Morgan who's been uh, in the acting game for, like, 35 years. And, like, the I'll probably say last 10 years, things have been blowing up for him. But I've been lucky enough to work with some good people, and I'm always learning. So on that set, I learned some new stuff. I, just, I thought that was just going to be one limited series. That's what like, I thought like one well. season. Yeah, like, we'll have to see how it ends, I guess. Yeah. No, but I, it'll be, it would be interesting to see because the way they set up, yes, it's about that arrow with Magic Johnson. But, like, all these other characters are so strong that I think that they can take this and do whatever they want because yeah. mm-hmm. I was more interested in learning more about Jerry Buss than Magic Johnson. You know, the way the way they was... I mean, the first episode opens up with like an orgy scene. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, there was a guy going to town on... Yeah. I was like, that's... You remember that part, but you don't remember seeing me in it, right? Because <laughs> you weren't. You weren't in the first episode. Yeah. Right. I want to ask... I brought cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. Thank you for the crumble cookies. Um, right. uh, I want to... Because I know that I, the crew that you you like to hang with, and and you're talking about you know doing favors, like I'll do your podcast, you do my podcast. Right. I want to ask about you showing up on Burt Kreischer's uh, uh, Netflix show. All right, first show. of all, that's disrespectful. All right. <laughs> what? And you what waited. This interview must be about to be over because you waited like, oh, we got everything we need. What about Burt Kreischer and Bobby Lee getting naked? How do you feel <laughs> about that as I, a black man? Not that. <laughs> What the hell did you think you were walking into? Because did, it looked like you you were like, what? I didn't know. Okay. This, yeah. this is, but I didn't know. What right. I did, what I, this, this is the, the Burt Kreischer's cabin. Yeah, the cabin. Because yeah. this is how Burt pitched it to me. He's an a-hole, too. Burt <laughs> <laughs> was like, Donnell, I'm doing this. And it was almost like a brother by him. I'm doing this show. Yeah. And we go out in the woods and we get in touch with nature and <laughs> have a time to reflect on his past and everything. And I was like, Burt, I love you, bro, whatever. And it sounded like, oh, man. And originally it was supposed to be, he was like, it's going to be me, you, and Bill Burr. Oh. Right? And me and Bill Burr, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good time because certain things I want to talk to Bill Burr about, I was like, it'll be a nice brotherly bond, right? Yeah. This is what he told me. So I knew something was going to go wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you what's going to go wrong. I knew it was going to go wrong because it's supposed to be me and Bill Burr, right? So I get there, I go to my trailer, mm-hmm. and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go say hi to Bill Burr. And the, no Bill Burr name wasn't on any of the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bobby Lee. Okay. That takes it up. An- I was like, he going to get naked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you see his uh-huh. name, yep. yeah. Bobby B. Naked, right? That's yep. what he so, does. So I didn't know what was going on. So I walked around because I always greet everybody who works on set. So I'm shaking everybody's hand like, what's up, what's up? And I go in his living room. And Bert is butt ass naked, <laughs> like and not like uncomfortable. Like, yeah. hey, Donnell, <laughs> on a bare skin rug, right? Got his ha- penis in his hand, <laughs> right? And I don't want to disrespect. We had two fingers covering his whole penis. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? So I'm walking, and then Bobby taps on my shoulder, and Bobby didn't know what's going on. Bobby saw Bert naked and immediately just started taking <laughs> his clothes off. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody asked him. He's like, oh, this the naked part? Yeah. And then he lays right beside him. I'm like, what in the hell oh am God. I doing here? But I didn't want to. It was a it was a fun show. It was hilarious. It was a, it was a and fun you show. were you were great. And I went. I was great being myself. Right. Yeah. They knew. I know when when Bert asked me, he knew what it was going to be. He knew. That's I was why he wanted you there. Half the stuff. Yeah. But it made it it made it real and honest. <laughs> but what I the part the my favorite part of that is when we were in the kitchen, and we was talking about fatherhood, you know, and um and and Bobby Lee was talking about yeah. you know, his situation. That probably was the best part of it for me. But yeah. it was a, it's a friend of mine and. Yeah. You know, we 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 when we, when we when we call each other, we step up. Well, you, they love you, man, and that's uh, that's that's yep. it's the ultimate compliment. They love working with you. Yep, it was a good time, man. I really I really had a good time, but I didn't know that hit hard. <laughs> and everybody asked this question the same way. Yo, my friends, my black were like, yo, what the hell was you doing with them naked white boys? <laughs> I was like, white boys love getting naked, and it don't mean they gay or anything. They just love doing it. They just do it. White people are the most non-homophobic people in the world. Every college campus has the naked guy. Yeah, they got yeah. that. Yo, teabag. Yo, remember that time? Yo, teabag, man. <laughs> <laughs> they love it, oh, man. man. All right. Well, listen, Donnell is in to play Helium Comedy Club. There's a show tonight at 10. You can get tickets for nothing on Saturday. They sold out Sunday, 7 o'clock. These are going to sell out. Get your tickets. Don't miss him. Heliumcomedy.com. Man, it is great to see you. I just want to say, I talked yep. about it earlier, but my I hate, I feel like I'm cheesy, but make sure you subscribe to the uh, Donnell Rollins podcast on YouTube. Absolutely. And any pa- uh, pod cl- podcast platform. And I think I'm probably the only person that says, I don't want to do a Zoom interview. I was excited about coming here. I was like, man, I'm coming here. Even though the tickets may already be gone, but I want to come and just be able to do just I, do what we just did. Well, I thought you were going to uh, Zoom, and when Casey this morning said you were coming in, we I'm were like, thrilled. Love it. Oh, yeah, yeah I told him. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to <laughs> do the Zoom. I want to go see it. I love it. Thank you, Donnell. Donnell Rowling. Yes! At Helium Comedy Club, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Join Brent Porsche and Sam Adams Friday from 7 to 9 at New Deck Tavern, 3408 Sansom Street in University City. Catch all the action on the hardwood. Play Sam Adams Papa Shot for sweet prizes and enjoy $5 Sam Adams drafts. Real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to Freddie Mercury for now. Okay. <laughs> Why I think he's the greatest front man of all time, and, and uh, it's a personal preference, mind yeah, you. Now, listen. Right. It's all subjective. Listen. Keith, or not Keith, uh, but uh, Mick is the greatest frontman of all time, and he is. But I prefer uh, Freddie's theatrical presentation right. a little bit more than than Mick's kind of um, just his style. Yeah, I, you, know, you know, which is boogieing around as opposed to operatic, and it's amazing. But but sometimes uh, Freddie would just stand with this yeah. pose back and just bask in the yeah. in, in the the audience and I just like I'm like man that's just that's mm-hmm. a presence right there. I also like the microphone rig that you took the yeah. top part of the microphone stand with there the microphone. Yep. Very cool. Yep. Uh what is this you pulled up Nick? They're they're playing uh, the yeah. Stones are playing Europe. The Stones announced their 60th anniversary tour. Wow. I believe they're they're just calling the tour 60 60th yeah. anniversary. And it's uh so far it's just European dates uh so uh, Madrid and Paris and London and several other places but um I don't 
don't know if it's going to expand any place beyond Europe at this point. I love 60 year anniversary. I love that scene in Almost Famous where Jimmy Fallon's character, the manager, goes, <laughs> yeah. and if you think Mick Jagger is going to be dancing around the stage at 50 years old, <laughs> you are sadly mistaken. He's moving better than he ever has. Yeah. The guy's incredible. So, all right. Um, Today is Friday, and we usually get into a little food topic called the Connoisseur. It's time for the Connoisseur, the Friday edition. We love it so much. All right, and you're going to love today. We really do. Even more, because today, ladies and gentlemen, is National Sloppy Joe Day. (laughs) It's... Where is it? Where is it? I'll hit it again, Case. I'm sorry. I, I have the audio down on that one more time. What's going on? <laughs> I know how you kids like them sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> Never like sloppy jokes. I no, love it. No, me neither. No. Oh, I love them. I, I, yeah, I hate just them. Just me and Nick. <laughs> I love them. And I the reason them. I... <laughs> there's everything about them that I should like, but I was... I told you, it scarred me as a kid. Again... The Daily Rush, you can find out about my Yoohoo incident. Yeah. But but the lo- my dad loved Sloppy Joes. I loved regular hamburgers. Right. And um and so he'd say, and he, he would say that lie to me, and I knew he was <laughs> bending the truth. It's just a hamburger with the ketchup in it already. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's totally different. Uh, it tastes completely different. I've, I've never thought of it as a hamburger derivative. It's uh, just he's a, trying to sell it's his his He was thing. trying to sell him to yeah. eat it, so he would just eat it. Yeah. The only Sloppy Joe that actually is really, and it is really good, is a vegetarian Sloppy Joe. 360 brand uh, made, and I don't know if they make it anymore, but 360 brand uh, had a Sloppy Joe. It's, you know, it's soy or tofu or whatever. That well, I'll tell you what. Really good. I've softened on like the man witch or the you know the uh, uh, um, uh, it's it's not as um, reprehensible as it used to be. Occasionally, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll do that. But... Reprehensible. reprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, now I'm surprised, Casey, that you don't care for sloppy joes. What is it? Is it the is it the um, the consistency? Oh, no, it's the flavor. It's the flavor. Okay, it's the absolute flavor. No, because the consistency is almost like chili, and I love yep. me some chili. It's okay. like if you've ever had a classic, what they call the loose meat sandwich. It's it's basically it's uh, similar. All right, so most believe that the sloppy joe was first served in Havana, Cuba. At the bar and cafe called Sloppy Joe's in the early 1900s, uh-huh. uh, the Sloppy Joe goes by many names, including Mamwich, Slush Burger, <laughs> Yum Yums, Barbecue, Dynamite, Barbecue? They're just barbecue? All right, anyway. Dynamite and even Sloppy Jane. Sloppy Jane. I knew a Sloppy Jane yeah. one time. <laughs> uh, but- Sorry, sweetie, I leak a bit. I made an extra sloppy marinade. <laughs> sloppy Joes were mentioned actually in several movies of the 1930s. Citizen Kane mentions a sloppy Joe. I don't remember that, and it's a that's wonderful... the last thing he says before he dies. Sloppy Joe. Sloppy Joe. What? Huh? Sloppy Joe. Imagine if he said that instead yeah. of Rosebud by accident. <laughs> and a hungry man. <laughs> The man handlers. Um, so, and it's also mentioned in a wonder. It's a wonderful life. I didn't know that. Every time, huh. every time an angel cries, <laughs> a sloppy Joe comes out of my ass. <laughs> let me, let me, oh let, my let me God. throw a rope up there and pull that sloppy Joe down for you. Look, <laughs> Zuzu, sloppy Joe. Zuzu, sloppy Joe, in my pocket. In his pocket. It's, it's, it's all mushy and stained. 
<laughs> I must have returned back to my normal timeline. I'm no longer in the multiverse. Susu Sloppy Joe's. Susu Sloppy Joe's right here in my coat pocket. <laughs> Why did I put that in there? Daddy, my Sloppy Joe has got broken. I'm going to fix it for you. Uh, idiot. So it was mentioned in the 1930s, even though it wasn't uh, wildly popular until the 1960s. In 1969, Hunt's revolutionized the Sloppy Joe when it introduced its Manwich Sloppy Joe sauce. Uh, many say that a cook named Joe in Sioux City, Iowa, in the 1920s was the person who created a sandwich of loose meat served in bread and Sloppy Joe. What is the distinctive taste of the Sloppy Joe mix? What am I tasting There's a tomato. It's a tomato flavor. Um, it's a little sharper than that, though, right? Yeah. And a little bit a of question. smoke, maybe. I've like... never made it. I don't know if there's smoke. I, um, maybe sugar. Um, I've it's... only had it at, you out know of it, a box. To, you know? to me, so... what it tastes like is it tastes almost more Mexican. It tastes almost... Because uh, Mexicans got the oh. cumin in it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Does it have like a cumin or chili powder? That's what I'm thinking. Um, let's pull up a recipe. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second here. Sloppy Joe. Mary, I love your sloppy Joe's. Uh, so some Worcestershire sauce in there. Okay, there you Bell go. Pepper, a little bit of mustard, brown sugar, minced garlic, onion, ketchup. Dude, a lot of that is in chili. Yeah. Most of that is in chili. Uh, except for uh, cumin and and, uh, and chili powder, that sounds a lot like. But there. I think Steve, you are tasting the sweetness, you know, from like from the brown sugar. Yes. Um, yeah, and, tomato uh, paste, uh, ketchup, onion. Sometimes people put bell uh, bell peppers and things like that in there. So chili pepper, yellow yellow chili pepper. I'm sorry, uh, yellow mustard. Okay, Worcestershire. Um, yeah, that's huh. not too far off from a chili recipe. So there's a lot more in there than just ketchup, as my dad would tell me. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned uh, Havana at one point in this article, and uh, it reminded me that there's a restaurant called Sloppy Joe's in Key West, and there's a lot of connections between Key West and, and Havana, Cuba. I don't know if they serve Sloppy Joe's at Sloppy Joe's, and and I've never even associated the two of them together. Yeah. Sloppy Joe's restaurant has a lot more to do with Hemingway and, and the, sort of the Key West lore, uh, but I, I was trying to figure out if they actually sell Sloppy Joe sandwiches at Sloppy hey, Joe's yeah. restaurant. There's a whole scene in Godfather 2 where Johnny Ola yeah. takes Fredo to the Sloppy Joe's. Okay. <laughs> Boy, Johnny Ola knows these Sloppy Joe's like the back of his Now hand. we're going on to the Big Dog Show. Right. Uh, Nick, you pulled up the menu yeah, I don't... and hot sandwiches. The original Sloppy Joe sandwich okay. is the top one on the list there right there. So... Well, uh, they do have it. All right. Anyhow, uh, some variations of Sloppy Joe recipes use meats other than the traditional ground beef, such as chuck roast or even chicken. And some other places... I would have thought, like, loose pork. ...call for different uh, spices like cinnamon or brown sugar as well. So, uh, have a Sloppy Joe. All right. Let me get, let me ask you this. I don't feel inclined to You're talking about burger iterations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sloppy Joe versus meatloaf. Oh, I'd go meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, unless I felt like eating, you know, a sandwich type of thing. Right. Well, hang on. What about a meatloaf sandwich? Meatloaf, meatloaf sandwich. <laughs> sloppy Joe. Sloppy, sloppy Joe. I sandwich. Mm-hmm. All right. So the meatloaf that you speak of. Yes. Is it a tomato-based or like the, the Casey brown, brown gravy? Casey meatloaf? doesn't like the, the tomato. I, I even like it dry. If it's a good if, it, if it's a good meatloaf, I can take any version of those three that you mentioned and be happy. Because I think I prefer a brown gravy meatloaf over the... Uh, I think thing. I got it narrowed down. Okay? Because you've mentioned this before, that you don't <laughs> like that, that uh, tomato glaze that's put on uh, meatloaf. And I'm fine with it. And you don't like uh, Sloppy Joe. You don't like a sweeter tomato sauce. Yeah. 
There and is that's a, what it is. There is a because there's sugar in both of those. Yeah, there's a tomato pie that you guys love, Corpolis. And and I'm not saying anything bad about it. I just don't. It's got a sweeter. It's sort. very sweet. Yeah, and, and so, I love. That. I love it. Yeah. Okay. What I, if you had meatloaf with Corpolis, uh tomato pie? I'd be fine on top of that. There you go. I'd be fine okay. with it. I would rub it on my face and call myself a bitch. <laughs> but I think that's what it is, Case. I it's think, we, be I think it. we narrowed it down to that. Okay. Let's see what else we got. This is uh, big news. Uh, Ellen Yin, Jesse Ito, Christina Martinez, and uh, oh, I'm going to mess up this name, and I apologize. Uh, Chutatip Nook Sontaranan. That's a hell of a name. Are, and uh, Nook is in parentheses, so I assume that's a, a nickname. Our finalists for the 2022 James Beard Awards. Whoa! That's a big deal. And they're, local. And they're all Philly. So the James Beard Foundation... Named it semifinalist for the prestigious restaurant and chef awards with 17 nods for food, restaurant, bar, and beverage professionals in the Philadelphia, South Jersey, and Delaware region. Uh, that number has been whittled down and four remain as finalists. Uh, Yin, who operates High Street Hospitality Group, so that's Fork and A Kitchen, is a finalist for Outstanding Restaurant Tour, her fourth nomination in the category since 2017. Uh, chefs Ito and Martinez and Santara Nunn are uh, running for Best Chef of Mid-Atlantic. So uh, Ito is with Royal Itzakaya. Uh, Mart- uh, Martinez is with South Philly uh, Barbaco. And Santan- oh, man. Uh, Santaranan uh, is uh, Kalaya. And so they I are... a lot of this. Uh, this is the Ito and Martinez's fifth beard nomination and the first for... Uh, Sun uh, Santaranan. I'll tell you what it, what it uh, d- whose uh, Kalaya was a nominee in the best new restaurant category in 2020. What it does establish is that we, as far as these awards are concerned, Philadelphia it does very very well, yep. and they're highly coveted. We've yep. talked about uh, Christina Martinez in the past with South Philly Barbacoa. I think it was one of those shows, Marissa. You probably know better than I do. She was on a show on. I believe on Netflix, and uh, it's one of those places where you have to get there at a certain time and line up and make sure you get the food because if oh. you don't, it's going to be gone in time. Really? But it, Steve, it's one of those shows where you watch it. First of all, you're, you're enormously proud that it's in Philly, and secondly, you get enormously hungry <laughs> while watching it. It looks so damn good. This whole segment, whenever we do the, the connoisseur, it gets me <laughs> famished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of those restaurants are similar to that. Uh, Kalia is a new Thai restaurant, new a couple years old, and Nook is a character, and she's great. And she was on a show recently with uh, Mike Samanov and uh, this guy named Sadiq, who has this uh, water ice stand in, in southwest Philly, which looks awesome. Um, but I really hope Ellen Yin gets it. She's been doing this project over the past few months called Sisterly Love, which is a uh, female-oriented uh, fair. So uh, our friend Jen Carroll is part of it, and Nook obviously is part of it too. Um, and and Jesse Ito is has this great sushi restaurant in uh, Fishtown area too. So they're really really highly coveted. And of like twenty five Philadelphians, these were the four to get highlighted. Right, right, uh, pretty amazing. That yeah. is cool. Damn it, I'm digging into. <laughs> I was trying to st- stretch for you. President. I know I'm digging into my my um, junk drawer actually because there was a story in Marissa. Maybe are you the deep diver now? I got it. I got it. I found it. I found it. Oh, I want to guess. This is a booze one. Oh, no. Oh. Okay, then you won't get it. <laughs> you lost. But it's a place you know. One of Philly's most acclaimed bars is uh, tempting whiskey drinkers with an exclusive opportunity to try a rare limited release rye and a top sing laundromat. Oh. Uh, they bought up the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board's entire stash of Old Overholt's 92.6 proof rye whiskey earlier this month, a haul that totaled 835 limited release bottles. 
Uh, this is according to uh, Lee, who is the owner mm-hmm. of the restaurant or the the uh, the Korean cocktail bar in Chinatown. So the distillery had conducted a one-time release of 600 cases of this 11-year-old spirit in 2020 to celebrate the label's 210th anniversary to honor the whiskey brand's roots. Uh, the cases were distributed exclusively in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Old Overholt was founded... In 1810 in West Overton, Pennsylvania, which is about 40 miles southeast of Pittsburgh, the company later relocated to Ohio before moving its current distillery in Kentucky in 1987. So they want it to be a part of its roots. So that's why Pennsylvania and Ohio oh. is the only place they're releasing it. So Are you, uh, are you excited for this? Yeah, I want to try it. So they bought all of it. So yeah. Hopsing Laundromat bought all of it. Like they, they had a hard time getting rid of it uh, or to for selling it, I think. And so they offered it up. the The liquor board offered it up to um, to lay to buy the entire stock, which was cost about sixty two thousand dollars, eight hundred bottles. And so they uh, and he said that they he purchased the entire stock so his customers could enjoy the rare rye whiskey at a reasonable price. He also wanted to prevent out of state vendors from buying up the bottles and jacking up the price in future years. So he did it kind of as a preventative, so people like wouldn't that. all of a sudden. Shoot the price up, and you. If you do get there, and you can get past there, <laughs> it's not that bad. Well, if you, if you are allowed in, <laughs> you if you order it, old Overholt, uh, Holt, they only serve it neat. So that's the only way that you can drink it. They will not mix it. They will not put ice in it. They will not do any of that stuff. They want you to have it for what it is. All right. So whiskey, whiskey is becoming much more popular uh, with women, and a lot of women are drinking it now. So are you a, a well? Fan? Uh, here's the thing. I I want to try it because I think so far I've tried the wrong ones and it feels like I'm burning my esophagus. So mm. uh, I want to, but I want to try because I have a couple of friends who are like really into it now. And I'm like, like, I don't understand how you do <laughs> that. Yeah. But it's acquired. It takes a little while. It's they all burn. Kath. They do. Except like for maybe Jameson. <laughs> Except for maybe Jameson. And maybe that's a good place to start. All right. But yeah. So after after you get past the burn, after that, that goes away. Then you, you bleed. Taste, you taste the notes. What you should probably do also is is drink it on the rocks. You put some ice in there and let it sit for about five minutes and let it dilute a little bit. Okay. And that'll be much... Does it burn? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it will. That would well, be because, easier. yeah, that's how they drink it. Like, they just on the rocks with ice in it. Yep. So, But you need to let it sit there for a while. To let the ice... You can add your, a little water to it if you that's want. That's your drink okay. of choice, right? That's my drink, yeah. yeah. We should get together. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll let you try some. Yeah, I want to at least try it and, like, give it a chance. Okay. All right. You know, because I need, another, I need another favorite alcohol in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drunk enough. Let's make a date, and I'll go to Hopsing Laundromat and press him really quickly. There's another whiskey thing happening in the city. Jose Garces is doing a flight of whiskeys, a village whiskey. It's a blind flight, and if you can guess what the whiskeys are, you win something. I don't know, mm-hmm. a gift card or something like that. Okay. Uh-huh. I don't know how good at that I would be. You know what I can do? You can, Casey, see me do this. Yeah. Hand me a bottle in the bag just by the shape of the bottle. I'll tell you <laughs> what booze it is. It is. I'll That's tell you cool. what whiskey, what bourbon it is. Um, but, yes, I've been dying to go to Hopsing Laundromat, Marissa. Are you afraid that you're not going to pass the... Uh... No, I just don't have the time. I don't, you know, uh, <laughs> Rochelle doesn't drink and, and, you know... Go with Marissa. Well, you I have know. a friend that does. <laughs> yeah, we do have a friend that does. And, you know, so... you can do You can get a table pancake. Uh, we can do that, too. They don't serve, they <laughs> no. serve food at all? No, there's Any no food. food. It's uh, just a bar. Right. Okay. Um, no, what we'll, time do they open? 
early. Like, we can probably go at five or six. Because I'm supposed to do a brunch tomorrow in Jersey and maybe swing him back oh. through. Oh. Yeah, you can get hammered. Oh. What? You... I have a uh, bachelor party. Oh. And this is She's why. Out. Yeah. This is why out. I never get to go. Forget it. Every other time I'm available, I just have a bachelorette party. Oh, uh, he's going to remember this, Marissa. Yeah. If you want to come to Gay Bingo, you can do that with me. That's <laughs> gay a lot. Gay Bingo's a blast. Yeah. 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 But you're doing a bachelorette party? Yeah. Have you practiced your... Hey, girls! (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not a wooer getting married. All right. right. Speaking of bachelorette parties... Are those videos real where the guy walks around and all the chicks... You're talking about hen parties? Yeah, the, oh, yes. they all sing on the mi- same microphone? Yes. Okay. So so not no, all of them are. Real. Okay. Some of them are real. Okay. None Some of them, them are real. real. There's not yeah. one that's ever yeah. actually happened. I, I'm, I'm with you, Nick. Yeah, the majority of them are orchestrated. You've seen real ones? Yeah, supposedly they're 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 they're, they're out of England. Okay. Uh, so well, a hen yeah. party is just a, a bachelorette party because right, yeah. there's stag parties and hen parties, and that's just okay. what they call them there. All right, and it has turned into a porn, yeah, uh, uh, a porn subgenre. Yeah, but. That's not. That's real. not real. Those are no, all. No, dude, it's not real. They're porn people. <laughs> okay, actresses. Do you think these people that have a normal everyday job are going and sucking on the same dude all in the? No. I don't know. For, and, I, I don't and make know. sure you get a close up of this too, yeah. so we can, you know, the memories. Bill. Be- what? Bill just so pointed at me. Have you seen one? What happened? I, I think I said women sucking on the same dude. Okay, um, you can't do that. Yeah. I, 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 yes, he goes, yes, that's it. That's it. All right. okay. I All right, said good. singing on the same microphone. Yes, Casey yeah, did a yeah. better job. what they were sucking on. They're sucking it on their fingers. fingers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm, is that chocolate? Anyway, uh, let me... real. <laughs> let me not go to these phone calls. Let's go to another one. <laughs> What else we have here for? All right, we're gonna we, we usually try to throw in some fast food stuff too because that's uh, it's a part of life. Yep, fastness. Chipotle <clears throat> just announced uh, Chippy, an AI kitchen assistant that will help make its tortilla chips in restaurants where the autonomous robot gets deployed. Uh, despite the technological advancements, Chipotle. Didn't make Chippy absolutely perfect, even though it says it could have. Chipotle specifically has programmed Chippy to have some inconsistency in the results on on purpose to mimic the technique of the humans who currently produce oh the God. chips. So what is what is Chippy doing here again? Making chips, making oh, tortilla making chips. tortilla chips. Okay. Taking away jobs. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and taking away jobs. <laughs> uh, the Chipotle... <laughs> and hitting on the kitchen staff. VP of Culinary, uh, Neville Panthaki said, everyone loves finding a chip with a little more salt or a little hint, extra hint of lime. To ensure that we didn't lose humanity behind our culinary experience, we trained Chippy extensively <laughs> to ensure the output mirrored our current product, delivering some subtle variations in flavor that our guests expect. Uh, so the robot is currently being tested at Chipotle's test kitchen in Irvine, California. Plans to start working in a California restaurant later this year. Uh, the chain will continue to test and hear worker and customer feedback to decide on how to implement Chippy nationwide. Robotic, I think a Boston Dynamics. The AI. Chippy, these <laughs> chips are a little underdone. Yeah. <laughs> chippy. Why did we put a machine gun in, Chippy? Uh-huh. I uh, like the uh, chips that get a little too salty. Yeah, but not all of them, right? No, 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 no. Just every the now rare, and yeah. The rare ones, yeah, and they show uh, up. I, and I do like, like you know, wow, that come can from? I bring up something quickly? Yeah, sir? please. Um, lightly salted chips are 
you know, a lot of times we'll have them at our, our home. Mm-hmm. Whether they the be hers, hers I love the hers ones. Very hard to come by these days. There's been a run on lightly salted chips. So, so they're packaged. I can't find them. They're packaged as that lightly yes, salted chips. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've had those. Are they, yeah, it's a like yellow bag. They're, they're good. They're salted okay. just enough. So I find regular chips overly salted. Okay. What's so funny about yes, that? You guy? just know everything. It's a yellow bag. It's a yellow bag. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's yeah. the connoisseur. Yeah. The the white bag is salt and vinegar. <laughs> Red is the ruffled. Blue is just a plain. The gold is barbecue. Green is uh, St. Patrick's uh, Day. St. Patrick's Day. Sour, and cream, sour and cream and onion. I know the green bag. Yeah. Um, I just went, I just <laughs> have to throw that out there. Someone help me. By the way, Casey, double back because a couple of people uh, were texting and they just want to let you know that those porn movies are real. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, every now and then, we're not like, going no. to no. continue no, talking no, about No, no, I just want to talk about food, Preston. Okay. Jeez. All right. <laughs> Let's have something to drink. Yes. That's non-alcoholic. Mexican Coke. Oh. Coca-Cola. Uh, Olay. Yeah, yeah, All not right. Coke. Medellin cartel. <laughs> yeah. Made with cane sugar. Some believe that uh, Mexican Coca-Cola is better because it tastes fresher or has more carbonation than Coke from the United States, and that isn't actually what makes the two different. Casey already said it. What? It's cane sugar. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Ah. Diehard Mexican Coke fans who go out of their way to find those glass bottles are not imagining things. If you pay attention to your soda or do a side-by-side taste test, as Sirius Eats conducted, there is an actual difference in the flavor. Mexican Coke has one ingredient that sets it apart from U.S. Coca-Cola, and it is sure. how they are sweetened. Yes, huh. so it comes down to that. So American Coke uses high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Weren't they and, marketing? And Mexican Coca-Cola uses cane sugar. I think Coke in the States, though, that they were trying to at least market... Uh, a version of like the Mexican. I think and, I, re- I think away. I recall something like that. Yeah, that, that. They were making a big thing out of the cane sugar, right? right? And people, Preston, are tired of the high fructose corn syrup, so they're like, let's try and sell Coke this way. Uh, it maybe uh, I don't know. I haven't seen that, but isn't isn't high fructose corn syrup one of the corn syrup one of those things that are like. Like, there are no redeeming qualities. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Right. So it's nothing. It's oh, well. cheap to produce, and, and it's sweet. Highly addictive. Yeah, and yep. so, yeah, people are get get addicted to it. Um, but they could sell a product that tastes just as good, or if not better, and uh, and do it with just regular uh, cane sugar. By the way, there's a market for why it. Why don't you sell cans of high fructose corn syrup? But here's the deal. <laughs> it tastes so good. I think the reason they use that is it's much cheaper, much cheaper. Uh, to produce, yeah. and, and therefore, that's why we get it. Do you, uh, if soda is a little flat? No. Mm-mm. Will you drink it? Um, yeah, if I'm thirsty, yeah. but I don't prefer it. Okay. You know, but... Uh, I know people who actually prefer a soda to be a little flat. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I like the carbonation, but um, it it doesn't, like, kill it for me. Now, if I do get a from the fountain and you taste it and go, that's wrong, yeah. uh-huh. I won't have that. Yeah. I'll, I'll choose something else. I can't do flat soda. I can't do warm soda. I can't do, like, you know, like... Hand the party soda. Hand party soda, <laughs> definitely not. I love carbonation. Like, it has to be... To its fullest with carbonation. I've sent uh, glasses of champagne back, and I'm like, this bottle has been open too long. I need another glass. Wow. Okay. Do you do the soda stream thing at home? Do you make your own soda? You know what? Um, I have one, and we've never opened it. Do you think that... We don't drink soda, though. Do you think that excessive gas in your system is what's dislodging your menstrual cup? (laughs) God, man. On that note, I'm moving. Bill's still back there? (laughs) Um... (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to drink it sweetened. I mean, it, you can just do carbonated water. Oh, like with you know? the, the soda stream. Mm-hmm. I did, the soda oh, okay. stream is actually a fine... Uh, a we, yeah. The, the, yeah. I, I just find that soda in general, like last night as a treat, you know, I had a can of Coke. Yeah, like a, it's almost it's, like a little dessert. It is a dessert yeah. to me. That's what I think of it as. So we um, we drink Diet Coke in my house, Diet Dr. Pepper, um, but my... And you're proud. My uh, ice maker broke. And so now, like... We brought uh, a new 12-pack of Diet Coke in the house yesterday, and I couldn't drink it because it was warm. It was Even refrigerated is not good enough? No, refrigerated's fine, but it wasn't. It was fresh off of the, uh, the off boat. The, the boat. <laughs> so it wasn't cold, so I couldn't drink it. And I can't figure out how to fix the, the ice maker. Uh, it's just, it's broken, and I, I've gone on YouTube, and I've, I've tried to, like, reset it and everything. I'm like, I, crap. I am not buying a new... Ice new machines machine. always break down. I know. Hey, a couple of people are texting in about a product called Boost from Riverside, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And a, bo- uh, a few of these texts say it's like flat Coke. Mm. Boost. Boost from Riverside, New Jersey. We used to get, uh, what is that? Is it cola syrup you would drink if you had a... Uh, you take right. like a teaspoon of it if you had an upset stomach. Yeah, Coke right. syrup. Yeah, uh, yes. In fact, it's, it, that actually does work uh, to settle a stomach. Coke syrup. Hmm. The Boost Company. We're looking no, at Nick's looking at right now. No, it'd be. Yeah. No, I got it here. The Boost, Boost Company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Concentrated form is dispensed at the soda. Fa- oh, okay. Here you go, New Jersey. This is, a, this is an article that was written uh, about it, and uh, this was from 2019. Uh, but it says those in Burlington County. It's a taste very particular uh, with a, of a very particular cola that reminds them of those lazy, hazy days. It's called Boost. Um, I don't have time to go. Through I have it here, Preston. It says it says a flat, thick, weird tasting soda you'll find only in New Jersey. Okay. There's a strange-tasting soda um, called Moxie. I don't know if you've ever had no. that before. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got an odd flavor to it, and the people who love it are fanatical about it. Uh, but it's very, you know... Syrupy? It's, well, it's just a very niche product, and, right. and uh, <laughs> uh, the fans that love it, love it. But uh, it kind of... I'm looking at this boost makes me think of that a little bit, but I would have to try it, obviously. But I wasn't familiar with that. All right, if you like flat Coke, then you've got to look into that. you got to look into boost. <laughs> All right, let me do, I think, one more, right, Case? Yeah, that's it. Red Lobster has expanded its line of retail offerings, and they have the new honey butter biscuit mix. What? And if there's something that Red Lobster knows how to do... It's biscuits. It's biscuits, for sure. Uh, It is inspired by the brand's Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Uh, because you can get those, you can we we buy boxes of them and biscuits. make them at home, Ooh. and they are fantastic. They're just like getting them at the restaurant. <sighs> they're so good. Yep, and I, you can get them at most retailers. They're um they're delirious good. Where you'll 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 just not stop eating them. Yep, and biscuits. <laughs> but and and part of the reason you find out why when you make them at home is when you're done. You know, it's it's the the, the batter and the cheese all mixed together. But then you pour butter right on the top of it, and it's just, it brings it home. That's right. Like, if you have Irish soda bread, you you, you know, you're supposed to have that with a big slab of butter on it. Mm-hmm. And you, you want to just eat a stick of butter. Uh, so, Honey Butter Biscuit Mix. Biscuits! Is now available in grocery stores nationwide, and that is from Red Lobster. That so, sounds good. Yep. All right. That'll be our final item for the connoisseur this morning. Kathy ran out to get something to eat. She's starving. So, uh, but nonetheless, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. When we get back, Bizarre File Stories, a plenty for you, my friend. So hang in there. We'll be right back. 
and Arch Madness. A rock band battle of the brackets. Beginning Monday, it's a field of 64, unlike any other. Matchups are hand-picked bands from Pierre and Pancake, Preston and Steve, Jackson and Sarah, and Jackie and Brent. Four teams, four regions, four decades of rock. And your votes decide who makes it to the Fantastic Four and who wins it all. Get details and vote at WMMR.com or on the WMMR app. MM Art Madness. Sponsored by Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram City. Shop Ram Truck Month at South Jersey's Truck Headquarters at 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, Bizarre File here. There. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Let's begin, oh, by thanking our sponsor for the Bizarre File, Natural Lawn of America, safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. You can schedule their full service program. And get free seeding every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America, greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. So a mom has shared a video of her breast milk that turned blue. Cool. Which, according to an expert, is completely normal. Breast milk can also turn pink, green, or beige, which may come as a surprise to new moms. Uh, Karina, you automatically think blueberry favorite, right? Uh, Karina <laughs> Natalie Worley, a 23-year-old mom of three, said that she was amazed at the human body as she showed off the lightly blue-tinged green, or the light, lightly blue-tinged liquid. She posted on TikTok, uh, and the Aussie said that her milk turned blue because, quote, my son is sick, so, is sick, so my body is producing antibodies to fight it <laughs> off. Sorry. Breast milk contains antibodies belonging to the mom, which are passed to the baby to give them immunity against an array of illnesses. However, the blue tint is more likely to occur because of its fat content, an expert explained. So high, higher in fat causes the blue or yeah, lower than fat? Higher, I think. So uh, Perolska Cavell, who worked as an uh, agency midwife, said that uh, breast milk... Then changes as your baby grows, it can change to a pale white, even a bluish color. The four milk, which I had never heard of this. So, no. So the four milk, which is the first part <laughs> to of the uh, feed that your baby receives, is designed to quench its thirst and is a paler bluish color. God damn, that's good. Uh, the next part of the feed is the hind milk, and it contains all the fats and nutrients for the baby. This is uh, what the baby fills up on. It can range from white to cream to a pale tan color. She said, your boobs and your body are so clever that when the temperature rises outside, your breast automatically provides more of the thirst-quenching four milk for the baby. Four milk is lower in fat, so it's important that the baby still gets enough of the hind milk. So it's the lo- lower portion of the milk, Steve. Four! Uh, that, is, that is blue, the, the, the lower fat portion. Uh, uh, this is an amazing... I had absolutely no idea that uh, there was this, uh, this difference in mm, breast milk. And also, blue-tinged milk can be a result of how it's stored after being pumped. So when you first pump it, uh, you store the breast milk. It can change a little bit in the refrigerator. Uh, breast milk may separate into layers as well. At and, what point does it become Nestle's quick? Uh, there may be a thick white or yellow creamy layer on the top and a thinner, clear, or bluer tinge layer on the bottom. That's kind of wild, right? Well, that, that is amazing. The yep. human body is amazing. Yep. The family of a fighter pilot who witnessed a UFO says that uh, they have seen a wolf-like creature that walks on its hind legs stalking their home. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. The unnamed pilot was on board the USS Nimitz when he or she spotted the infamous object shaped like a 40-foot tic-tac 
Uh, and now the pilot reports after they returned home, they spotted a strange wolf-like creature staring into the windows of their house on at least two occasions. You've seen our convoy. We uh, the, have to kill you. Uh, the family of the pilot says that the creature stared into their Virginia home on two occasions. Wow. So anybody um, investigating this, or are they just kind of... They're just taking their word for it. <laughs> uh, this is a tragic news story with an interesting twist to it, and that's why I bring this up. The National Transportation Safety Board revealed Thursday that it was a 13-year-old boy who was driving the pickup truck yeah. that crossed into the opposite lane and hit a van in a head-on collision in West Texas earlier this week, killing nine people, including six members of a, co- a college golf team and their coach. 13-year-old behind the wheel. The still unidentified teenager and a man in the truck uh, with him also died. Uh, oh. The minimum age in Texas for a learner's permit to drive with an instructor or licensed adult in the car is 15. The golf teams were from the University of Southwest in New Mexico and were returning from a tournament. And uh, two students were hospitalized in critical condition. Such a tragedy. It is. Yeah, absolutely. I I didn't know that about the 13-year-old until this morning. Uh, A Russian-owned superyacht can't leave a dock in Norway, not because of sanctions, but because no one in the port will sell it fuel. Uh, The Ragnar is owned by Russian oligarch Vladimir Strazkovsky, a former KGB agent who has long been linked to Russian President Vladimir Putin. The yacht's captain, Robert Langster, said, We find this discrimination against us extremely unjust. He noted that uh, Stragvlovsky is not currently on a European or U.K. sanctions list, and he said that the yacht's crew is not Russian. But all is good. In my country, we say, no sad bro. Um, (laughs) The Malta-registered ship is sitting in a quay in Narvik, where I've been to a port city in northern Norway. It's a fjord. It's You've beautiful. been to that quay? Uh, I've been in that quay. No, I don't know if I've been in the quay, but I've been in Narvik. I've been in, at that fjord. Uh, Starlovsky is a former head of mining giant uh, Norilsk Nickel. Uh, the 68-meter or 223-feet-long Ragnar. <laughs> it's incredible. Listen to this. was custom-built on a hull of former service ship capable of pushing its way through ice. And part of its bespoke interior evokes a cozy British pub, according to a profile in Boat International. And while its amenities include a Big Bow Amphibious ATV, Hellas skiing equipment, four Sea-Doo's, four ski scooters, six Sea-Bobs, a multi-purpose island, and a giant slide. Uh, but it currently can't find anyone who will fill up its fuel tanks for him. <sighs> And I saw a little while back... The crazy amount of money. Before the Ukraine uh, invasion happened, I saw a feature on on one of Putin's uh, personal ships. Yeah. It has a swimming pool inside Inside the ship. Inside Not on the deck. Inside. Uh, And it's amazing. So the, 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 the perception is he might very well be the wealthiest human on Earth. Because he's squirreled away so yeah. much money right. that we're unaware of. Yes, that that is not yeah. publicly known. Right, as right, his. right. Yeah, yeah, he could be worth more than two hundred billion dollars yes. because everything he's pilfered out of the Russian economy. Right, insane. Like a pool in uh, your big super honking boat. All right, and then one last With story. The jet ski port. Animal <laughs> control officer Jessica Jackson, who works in Maine, said that she responded to a call Wednesday. To a report of a flock of loose chickens wandering through traffic on routes 302 and 11 in Naples. I would lay down my body to stop the progression of traffic. <laughs> so those noble birds could return to the sanctuary. Noble. 
She said the animals ended up gathering on a packed oil truck at the Dodge Oil Company, and she was unable to find the owners of the chickens, so she was left with the task of transporting them to a foster farm. She said, I tried to get them into dog kennels, I carry, but I didn't have enough What could go wrong? Enough kennels uh, for the amount of chickens. My capture net is broken because it had been chewed by a rat, so I could not use that. So she used dog kibble to lure the chickens into the backseat of her vehicle. Realizing, Let's store them in the wolf sanctuary. Realizing <laughs> too late that the sliding door separating the backseat from the front was open, she said that uh-huh. she tried to shoo the birds into the backseat, but when they got agitated, <laughs> uh, they started pooping. So <laughs> They're and, in the and, open vehicle here, Preston. And chicken poop smells horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, so she let them ride shotgun, and she said, we took a side trip through Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> while she had them in the car. That's pretty funny. To pick up donut crumbs and coffee and then headed off to the farm. So it was pretty classic. Yeah, do you have Dunkachino? Right. <laughs> we used to have a machine that worked. <laughs> Not anymore. It doesn't at my office. All right. And, you know. And that's what I have in the Bizarre File. Talk to Rooster Cowper. All right. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Lesson, question, trash, and music news. Yep, those are up next. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Friday. All this wonderful Friday love today. It's no sad bro. All the good things. We have a Word of the Week prize giveaway coming up in a little bit. In the meantime, something else with our lesson question. We are going to give away some tickets, a four-pack of them for the Philly Home Show, which is uh, today, actually, today through Sunday and the next weekend, too. Question that we're going to ask to see if you've been listening is, what was Citizens Kane's actual last words? <laughs> Not Rosebud. 215-263-WMMR. Was his name Charles Foster Kane? Charles Foster Kane. All right. What, what were Charles Foster Kane's actual last words? And they weren't Rosebud. It was not Rosebud. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR. With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by New Jersey Transit. The New Jersey Transit Police Department reminds you that we all need to work together to keep our transit system safe. You can report suspicious activity at 1-800-TIPS-NJT or text your report to NJTPD. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, 90 Day Fiance star Stephanie Maddow gave away jars of her farts to the first 20 patrons at Larry Flint's Hustler Club as part of a promotion. Maddow says she actually stole the idea from the late Princess Grace of Monaco. Wow. (laughs) Justin Bieber's concert at the Ball Arena in Denver suffered a half-hour power failure that blew out the venue's huge video monitors as well as stage lighting. But if you were questioning whether or not Bieber could still rock arena, an arena regardless, the answer is no. <laughs> and finally, after being fired from the talk, Sharon Osbourne has announced that she will be hosting a very similar show in England. 
Sharon says the show will uh, uh, exploit her views and her voice and will be called The Screech. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. <laughs> Let's get an answer. We need uh, someone to tell us where what were Citizen Kane's actual last words. Not Rosebud. 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, guys, good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, bud. All right, so uh, what was Charles Foster Kane's actual last words? <laughs> Sloppy Joe. Sloppy Joe. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Hang on, Chris. <laughs> Get your info. And we're going to give you a four-pack of tickets for the Philly Home Show, March 18th through the 20th, uh, and then the 25th through the 27th of the Pennsylvania Convention Center. Uh, for more information and discount tickets, you can go to phillyhomeshow.com. Can you play the whole Sloppy Joe oh, yeah. uh, for me, please? I, love the I whole made play. an extra Sloppy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you kids like them sloppy. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. All right, music news. Now, Preston and Steve's music news on 93.3 WMMR. Velociraptor. Yeah. Muse will release their ninth studio album titled Will of the People on August 26th. 10-track project will be released on digital, black, vinyl, and CD, as well as a selection of collectible formats. And these include a marbled double vinyl, which is available exclusively from the band's official store. We played some new music from them earlier. It's a lot more uh, aggressive. Uh, Muse frontman Matt Bellamy said, Will of the People was created in Los Angeles and London and is influenced by... The increasing uncertainty and instability of the world. A pandemic, new war in Europe, new wars in Europe, massive protests and riots, an attempted insurrection, Western democracy wavering, rising authoritarianism, wildfires and natural disasters, and the destabilization of the global order, all informed will of the people. It has been a worrying and scary time for all of us as the Western Empire and the natural world, which have cradled us for so long, are genuinely threatened. This album is a personal navigation through those fears and preparation for what comes next. Uh, Muse just released a new song from the album called Compliance, along with the video as well. Just a little snippet of that song. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a get ready for the weekend type of song. Well, yeah, but it's it's sort of melancholy. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, enjoy it now yeah. is basically what they're saying. Is he, he's not covering Rebecca Black there, is he? No. Some people were positing that that like it's actually the same lyrics if we if we had extended uh, it. Well, hang on. We I have, have it extended. Friday. Yeah. All right. Somewhere. You want your, oh, I you know what? Go ahead, Casey. Oh. Friday. Friday. Gotta get down. It is. On Friday. Then this is not really Bob Dylan. It can't be. It can't be. Everybody's is that Jimmy Fallon? Oh, is it? Party and party and yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta well, be I'll bet you're right. It I'll bet it's Jimmy Fallon. 7 a.m. waking up in the morning. Gotta be fresh. Gotta go downstairs. Gotta have my bowl. Gotta have cereal. Seeing everything. The time is going. Ticking on and on. Everybody's rushing. I'm gonna fast forward real quick. Yeah, please do. Get through. Oh, back it up. Back it up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. So it's a spoof. We <laughs> thought it was legitimately yeah. 
Bob Dylan. Dylan. I mean, I, I was, <laughs> a song we had never heard before. It was not familiar. There's a lot of Bob Dylan songs I don't know. <laughs> I, like <this. laughs> I like that version. That is hey, got, that is I don't care what created it. All I know is that it's, it is now going to be part of the show forever. Yes. yes. Hit it. <laughs> All right, thank you for uh, and thank you for bringing that to our attention. Friend. Yeah, never made the connection, yeah, nope. and we're huge Rebecca Black fans. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Killers will release an expanded deluxe edition of their seventh studio album, Pressure Machine, on March 25th, which will feature reimagined versions of select songs on Monday to celebrate the release. It's Monday. <laughs> the Killers will also release a live film called Notes from a Quiet Town, exclusively on Facebook, and it will feature three stripped-back performances. From the band, and the film is set in frontman Brandon Flowers' hometown of, uh, is it Nephi or Nephi, Utah, N-E-P-H-I. Not familiar. Uh, Pressure Machine was originally released August of last year. Greta Van Fleet guitarist Jake Kizka has been hospitalized with pneumonia. Oof. Uh, the band announced the news Friday, or yesterday. Friday. Friday. <laughs> Friday. Friday. After announcing that they were postponing their remaining two Michigan concerts on the Dreams in Gold don't tour. They have, don't they have concerts coming up in Atlantic City soon? No, not till like August or so. Uh, the band said in a statement, uh, Jake's diagnosis is more complex. What started as a small cough on Tuesday rapidly progressed overnight, requiring his admission to the hospital yesterday. The last 24 hours have been arduous as doctors were unsure of the exact illness. Fortunately, after further evaluation, they're confident in their diagnosis of pneumonia and an optimal course of treatment has been determined. Mm. I love this. Getty Lee will guest star on Canadian TV's Murdoch Mysteries, which airs March 21st on CBC and streams on CBC Gem. Is Murdoch Mysteries like Matlock? I, I don't know. It's it, it seems like it's a detective right. series. Yeah, so... According to the Canadian press, the storyline follows the mystery of a murdered blues saxophonist whose death was seemingly foretold in vivid detail through the lyrics of a song. Lee is part of a subplot playing a carriage driver who's transporting lead character William Murdoch and his pregnant wife. Uh, Getty joked, I have, I have to use some sort of modest acting skill to fit into the already well-established Murdoch Mysteries scenario. So he's doing a little bit of acting. Never heard of Murdoch cool. Mysteries. Opening today at Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum, yes, is the new groundbreaking exhibit titled The Beatles Get Back to Let It Be. Uh, the exhibit runs through March of 2023. Serves as an immersive complement to Peter Jackson's Get Back docuseries. Multimedia exhibit welcomes fans to step into the Beatles' January 1969 rehearsal sessions and witness the band's final rooftop performance surrounded by large-scale projections and superior sound. According to the press release, uh, the scene is thrillingly set with original instruments, clothing, handwritten lyrics, and other unique wow. items, including several on loan directly from Beatles principals. Since uh, special events to be hosted by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame during the exhibit's run include interviews, film screenings, panels, and more to be announced throughout the year. This might be a good time for me to plan a trip yeah. to go there. Uh, listen up, this is fun. South Park has announced a 25th anniversary live concert featuring performances from Primus and Ween. Oh, That's great. Of course, Primus does the theme song. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the special one-night-only event will take place at the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Morrison, Colorado wow. on August 10th. Yep. Ween has done stuff for the show as well, haven't they? 
I don't know. I don't well, know. From here, yeah. though, right? Weens, uh, yeah, yeah, Weens, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it would make sense yeah. that, that they would be involved with a with a show like uh, South Park. Have they used Push the Little Daisies? I don't know. Uh, fans can register for tickets between now and midnight on Sunday. Uh, it says midnight. Oh, Mountain Standard Time MST. Uh, per an official announcement video, the show is set to celebrate 25 years of the music of South Park with the series creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone, also due to be in attendance on the night. Uh, they had said in a statement, we're so excited to go home and play at Red Rocks, play at Red Rocks, a place that's been known for hosting the most legendary artists and musicians until now. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we mentioned this earlier this morning, but I will roll it out one more time. Despite Dolly Parton's request earlier this week to be removed from this year's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees, the Hall has declined to pull her nomination. In a post on social media yesterday, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wrote in part, Dolly's nomination, along with the other 16 artists of the class of 2022, was already sent out earlier this month to our 1,200 general ballot voters, the majority of whom are artists themselves, for consideration for induction at our ceremony. And we are in awe of Dolly's brilliant talent and pioneering spirit and are proud to have nominated her for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So essentially, it's already underway. They can't undo it, Yeah, Dolly. Uh, Dolly, by the way, had said in an interview, because my perception, and I think the perception of most of America, I just feel like that's more for the people of rock music. And I've been educated since then, saying that it's more than that, but I still don't feel right about it. And it kind of would be like putting ACDC in the Country Music Hall of Fame. That just felt a little out of place for me. So she nails it. Yep. She gets it. She gets something that they have not gotten for the longest time. Now, as we said before, at this point, it's water under the bridge. And, you know, there are people who, you know, it, there's also just simply a pop music element to it. Uh, you know, sans rock, mm-hmm. technically. So that's what they do now. Now that we've accepted that's what they do, I think Dolly has every bit the right to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. At press time, Dolly had not reacted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's decision to keep her on the ballot. And then finally, MM March Madness starts on Monday. Yeah, these matchups will begin, my friends. It is brought to you by Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep Ram City. It's something we love doing. It. Oh, it's, my it's God. It's a lot of fun. It's a blast. We get to play blocks of the music. Yeah. You get to vote on them, and everybody wins on this one. And we are actually going against each other here on the staff, 64 bands that are split into four regions. You have the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And then we picked our own to represent our various day parts and shows here at MMR. So our DJ teams, you had Pierre and Pancake, me and Steve, Jackson and Sarah, and Jackie and Brent. And we all picked our owns and recruited the bands that will be in these brackets. So We, we got to poach some from other uh, group, groups, uh, some of the other uh, uh, DJs. But I'll tell you this. We also, at the time it's being executed, and you're hearing a block of one artist and a block of the other artist, I tried to think in, in that moment, what's, instead of the full body of their work and their legend and so on and so forth, what's going to sound better when mm-hmm. distilled down to a couple of songs? And that's a lot of that led our, our selections. So every hour from noon to 7 p.m. we'll be matching these up. You can vote for your favorites via the MMR app and at WMMR.com where you can see the entire bracket right now. One band will be crowned the champion and that will be on April 1st. And that is what I have in music news for you. Let us take a break as we return. We'll have your chance to win our Word of the Week prize. I know you've been waiting for it, so hang out just a little bit longer. We'll take care of that for you. Stay put. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the weekly rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Podcasts. 
Oh yeah, MMR's got them. There's the fun size and bizarre file editions, along with Preston and Steve full show podcasts, plus the MMR Archives podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve show podcast. Songs called Epiphany from Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. And uh, Jacob Bam Bam's doing this uh, very cool thing with a sound check with them. And maybe you he might have another chance for you to win tonight uh, for that show, which is March 31st, along with Dirty Honey. And that will be at the Fillmore. So tune in to Jackie Bam Bam tonight for your chance to win. Preston and Steve <laughs> on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. Oh, oh, he beat ya. He beat ya. Casey desperately wanted to give the letter of the day this morning, Pierre. Well, go ahead. Are you sure? I kind of horned in on the letter of the day anyway. We like the tradition. Well, because Casey always did the letter. Yeah. And then we started out doing our crossovers or, you know, this little conversation that we have at the end of your program, the beginning of mine. And, um... Then one day, I remember saying, oh, could I do the letter today? And Casey said, yeah, just pick a vowel. And I go, what's a vowel? <laughs> there was the problem. No, I think uh, I think Casey's uh, motivation is a little more nefarious yeah. for this particular one. So we'll let you do it. The President's Steve Show is brought to you today by the letter. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not O. No, oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, what is it? It's N, as in, yeah, neurotic. Nancy. <laughs> neurotic Nancy. All right. Neurotic Nancy. Uh, let's Nobody. take caller number seven at 215-263-WMMR. <laughs> I think Casey wanted to use the letter F, and that's why he wanted to play around with that. It would have been dirtier. It would have been. Oh, is that a dirty word? That's a dirty word, yeah. Really? Dirty, naughty word. Uh, naughty. Hey, uh, let me thank real quick, and I went out of order on purpose because Casey's like, get to the letter right away. <laughs> um, I want to thank Donnell Rowley for being on the program today. He is so much fun to talk to, man. Yeah, he is. He's a blast. Uh, he is at Helium Comedy Club. Now, there's only one show tonight. The other one's sold out, so the 10 o'clock show still has some tickets available. Tomorrow's completely sold out. And then uh, Sunday, there are tickets available for the 7 o'clock show. And we he brought in uh, crumble cookies for <laughs> us this morning. And so we tweeted something out about that. And uh, Tobias Harris of the Sixers retweeted that. Yes. As well, because he uh, he is a, uh, a part owner. Not, but he also quote tweeted. He wrote, gotta love it. Hope you enjoy the world's greatest cookie. <laughs> uh, so, or, or did we write that? No, he wrote that. That's oh, what Tobias wrote, wrote. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So thank you, Tobias. We appreciate the, uh, the shout out there. Um, uh, so do I ask you about your program now or do I get the caller? You can, boom, Why you call. You get the caller. The caller's ready to go. Let's do Is that the now. the caller there? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, Danny. Hey there, Danny. Yeah, caller here. You better hurry up, Preston. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan- <laughs> I like your style, yeah. man. Danny, what is the word of the week, please? It is queen. Great queen. day in the country. That's correct, Danny. Queef would have been great. And we got a four-pack of pit tickets to see the Black Keys and an autographed drumhead just for you, Danny. Woohoo! Awesome. Nice woohoo. Hang on the line. We'll get your information. We'll set you up, buddy. Enjoy that. MMR Rocks Black Keys. Saturday, July 30th at the Watcherfront Music Pavilion. And tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster. 
and complete details at WMMR.com, including a video for their new song called Wild Child, if you haven't heard that yet. So, um, uh, how are things today? First of all, it's another beautiful day, right? Lovely. Just Excellent. perfect outside. Uh, but if the letter had been F, yeah. that's a swear word? No, no it's, it's a, a dirty word. word. Okay, but you can't say it or can no, you? No, you can. can. You can it. say queef. Okay. Do you want me to explain what it is? Um, yeah. Okay. How do we now that fart? Uh, never mind. That's well, the hard part you about can it. Tell me later. Okay. We could have a father to son talk. <laughs> when a man and a woman love each other very much. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Dad, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> when we go hunting this weekend, yeah. we'll talk about it by the campfire. Okay. Dad, right. can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> uh, all right. So on the program, well, uh, oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just keep moving forward. Um, anyway, we had um, a great conversation yesterday oh, with yeah. Mike Campbell. That's awesome. Uh, of Tom Petty's band. And um, hats off to Jackson, who let me go a little bit late into his show. Uh, Mike came by and uh, was having so much fun, he stayed a little longer. Um, and he played last night at World Cafe. Uh, Were you there? Yeah. 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 Amazing show. Oh, God, yeah. He has a his sound that's a li- he's got a band called the Dirty Knobs. He has a sound that's a little bit like um, uh, Petty um, in his vocal uh, tendencies, but he's um, he has all these songs that these guys have done. But he did all these Petty songs mixed in. It's amazing. And he did this one thing, <clears throat> I think on You Got Lucky, where he did this jam that was amazing and in the jam he went through the riffs of all these Tom Petty songs oh cool uh in you know so he's running through breakdown and then he went into a little bit of Rhiannon cuz he played with Fleetwood Mac on the last tour and then he went into a little Neil Young it was he, he's a stunningly talented guitar player and he had one guitar that he had bought at a pawn shop in Philly hmm. and he told the story of that it was a lovely evening of music and he That's was excellent. running down a dream yeah oh. so but we had a great time with him and we'll have that posted sooner or later nice yeah um all right oh on the program yes yes so um we've got uh, my last pair of sublime and rome and incubus tickets which just went on sale august 5th camden uh and we will get to a block of sublime and incubus and also on sale this morning it, we haven't talked about it much but uh one of the great talents is coming to the man music center uh and that'll be july 17th jackson brown oh. And uh, we will get to a block of Jackson. That just went on sale as well. So Jackson's uh, sporting a beard these days. Yes. He, he looks a little bit different. And I saw the uh, the ad for the show at the man, and I was like, who is, who is this that? guy that looks like Jackson Brown a little bit but has got a beard? And Yeah, it's him. Well, he's getting a little older. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's not uh, coloring his hair or whatever anymore. Um, I think he could lose the beard. I think he would look better without the beard. And that's from a bearded person. I say that. But um, nonetheless... Um, He's amazing. He's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, I, uh, I virtually every week I'm listening to some Jackson Brown. Yeah, I, I mean you could just go on and on. it's it's so soulful. It's so delightful. So and we'll, lyrically, oh uh, if you God. ever watch the Eagles documentary, um, uh, they they talk initially uh, in the beginning. Uh, Glenn Fry and uh, Henley uh, talk about b- being in the same apartment building with Jackson Brown and sort of learning through the floor. He he was the apartment above how he would compose a song. Mm-hmm. Go work on a little bit. We'll go away. 
come back, work on a little bit more, and it was just spend time living with the song and piecing it together. I think Glenn Fry said, oh, so that's how you do it. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, he, um, uh, Glenn Fry and Jackson Brown wrote Take It Easy. Mm-hmm. They are co-writers of that song, although it's credited more, uh, most, most people think it's an Eagles song, but Jackson, it's on one of his albums early yep. on. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he got the beginning part of it together mm-hmm. and then... Uh, uh, and then Glenn started running yeah, with yeah, it, uh, yeah. after that. So, but yeah, uh, amazing songwriters. Yeah, so there you go. All right. So, I want to thank our sponsors, President Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show. Also, uh, your get your free flu shot or COVID nineteen booster. This is brought to you by Acme Markets. They have their pharmacy, Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors, and also Trinity Rehab. They can help you get rid of your pain. No prescription needed. Trinity Rehab dot com. Next week, we got a packed uh, set of shows. I love it. Uh, comedian Michael Yo, Nice. He's great. Jeff Foxworthy yeah. is uh, getting back into comedy for the first time, I think, in like 20-some-odd years. He's going to do a comedy tour. Uh, he's fantastic. Lewis Black, one of my favorites. Wow. He'll be joining us. Uh, Jim Pittick on the program. Tom Papa, one of my absolute favorites as well. Uh, Mr. Skin will be joining us. And Lisa Welchel. Lisa Welchel. Blair from the Facts I love her. Will be joining us. Yeah, so we got a good week next week. That's it. Rage on. Have a great week and enjoy this fantastic weather. And we'll do it again next week, my friends. See ya. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Bing, dang. Do, do, be, do. Do, da, da, do, dip, da.